I know that it's confusing. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm-mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. I, I, I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly, with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I've made, largely public. Yeah. Truth is, I am Iron Man. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast. Well, it's two intros today. It does what it says in the tin and best film ever, and it puts the plus in Disney+. Plus. It's Talking the Mickey. We've got a crossover episode. Yay! Podcasters, assemble! <laughs> <laughs> it feels, and it's, it's, I'm really proud. Liam, if I can start with, with, with you on this one. Yeah, go for it. Because when we started this in, like, you know, March, it was week one, and I was like... I want to do Back to the Future. Yeah. I think it shows incredible restraint that it took us until week 28 to go to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And as far as the Disney folks go, I think it shows incredible restraint that it's taken us as long as it's gone. I think it's 30-something episodes, but to not go Marvel as well. And we've had more free picks as well. So we've we have we've really gone for it. Well, I think we always knew we wanted to do a crossover with this, well, with the MCU. This is true. I think we, we, we absolutely knew that. But especially when everything, Liam, was so Marvel, you know, in the post-Iron Man sort of world was so... Yeah, true. Very you know, saturated. It was every, everything was it. Everything. And it was like, I'm also glad that we're going back to the beginning. Because today we're going to talk about Iron Man. Man. So let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Yeah. And so um, we, we had some technical difficulties with one of our microphones. Uh, so as such, um, we've got a sort of modified version. So Georgia sounds a little bit distant. Well, it's because she is. <laughs> <laughs> and we have got plan. We're, we're trying to sort of work around the situation, if you will. Plan B and C. Indeed. We are not quite in a cave in Afghanistan, jimmying up a miracle <laughs> with like spare parts. But uh, I don't know if we're that far removed. So, um, just the usual things to start off with. Um, definitely, uh, Braveheart. Uh, I just want to talk about Braveheart for a minute. I, go for it. Last week, really enjoyed it. it. It's, 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 people seem to like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed it more than I realized because it's been a long while since I'd seen it. Yes. And I didn't get a poll up. So that's on me for not putting one up. But I did get some people who oh, responded okay. to a sound clip I put up. Yeah. And everybody who got in touch with me, we'll put a proper poll up, but everyone who got in touch with me go on. said, uh, the speeches in Braveheart are far superior to no the speeches. Way. Yeah, it wasn't even comparable. Oh, come <laughs> on. It wasn't even come comparable. On. So Gladiator all the way. Um, big <laughs> shout-outs to our usual... I mean, we're, we're charting in the usual places that we chart. The UK, Japan. It's weird to say Japan's a normal place for us to chart. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Germany, Australia, and then we showed up in Italy this week. Wow. We are 14th in Italy. Gosh. Oh, I'm speaking about best film ever. Uh, <laughs> talking the Mickey's back in the top 10 in Japan, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, that's a positive experience. 
Uh, shout outs to our usual people. Uh, first, the Paul and Griff show. I mean, I, I Liam, you're not really on Twitter. No, no. <laughs> so, but I can't pick up my Twitter without them engaging, interacting, recommending us, saying they're listening to our podcast, putting it out there with with, with like links in the whole nine yards. Thank you guys. So thank, thank you. you guys. And they just did Back to the Future. Oh, fantastic! They, they've done a two part. I've watched. I've listened to episode one. Yeah, it's very good. Um, again, they, they do more of the macro, we do more of the micro, but really, really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to getting into uh, step two. And um, I don't know if it was Paul or Griff got in touch with me and had an issue with speed where we did our best role ever and said that, uh, in his opinion, the Sandra Bullock's best role ever is miscongeniality. I do like her in that. I, I knew you would. <laughs> I do, yeah. I said I may have to give that another watch at some point. Yeah, uh, usual shout-outs. Uh, Carlo, who uh, we talked about Joe versus the Volcano with, because I wanted to share some thoughts. Why not? Alex from Main Street Finance, who thinks I might be Seth MacFarlane doing yet an- another voice. <laughs> it's not the first time I've gotten that. I don't know what it is about the timbre of my voice, but uh, I think he's a bit deeper than I am. Maybe it's the cadence of your voice. It might be. Yeah. It might be. Maybe yeah. it's because we both come from like a musical theater aspirational sort of place. He's a big fan. Musicals. Wouldn't that be great to have the link of him oh. and, <laughs> on this podcast? Yeah, and just, it just goes crazy. I, I just really wish I could do any of the impressions, but I can't do it. I can't do any I of can't the characters from Family Guy. Right, I'm going to practice. I'm going to do voices, but not with impressions. It's really, really straight. I've got, yeah. I've, I've got my own stable of voices. That's all. I'm like, I am I'm a trailblazer. Okay. I'm, can we hear your British voice? Oh, um, I'm moving on to the next one. <laughs> I have a Drink Drunk Dead podcast, as always. And then Friends of the Podcast, Drew. Uh, Citizen M Hotels have gotten in touch and like literally made a whole post saying, if you want a good movie podcast, you need to listen to Best Film Ever. Excellent. Which was fantastic. And they followed it up. I said, you're really, really kind. You've made our day. They went, no, no, we mean it. We think you're really good. And I was like, thank you so much. And then Zach Carpenter and, of course, Dwayne Smith and Lestat. And Lestat. Yeah. Dwayne Smith. And Lestat. (laughs) Dwayne Smith. Lestat. (laughs) Like dueling chance. Yeah. Lestat was his favorite. I have to be, I have to cheer him on. But I'm Lestat's favorite. So a little side note here. We do start our fantasy football. um, We do indeed. I'm so so excited. We we definitely need to make sure that we, before we turn on Iron Man, that we've got our rosters officially in. Because I am playing Georgia this week. Yeah. Liam, you've got Nick and Russ. Yep. I think it's just Bring Russ. Guys. I think it's Russ. <laughs> Let's see if I know anything or not. <laughs> and then Ellie, you've got our friends over at Defining Disney. I have, yeah. This week, so that should be fun. I think they're sort of sharing a team. Yeah. Yes, they are. And so uh, also a big thanks to ETI 400, who left us a review five stars and said we were a fun and lighthearted podcast. They really enjoy the host's banter and the movies they discuss. Keep up the great work. Oh. And we shall. And we're going to do that today with the first dip into the MCU Excited. I think it's safe to say we're all fans of the MCU. Yeah. 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 Some films are weaker than others. Who, but... do, you, who do you identify with? If you, if you had to choose, let's go around the table. If you had to choose an Avenger, you're like, th- you know, this is who I associate myself with. Oh. Ellie. Why, why would you pick me first? I really like Pepper. Um, okay, it's fine. You can be. She <laughs> she's, te- she's not an Avenger. No, she, she's technically an Avenger. She's she's on the okay. periphery, yeah. but she's okay. an Avenger. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say Pepper then. There we go. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Come back to me. Come, come back, back to me. you, yeah. uh, Georgia. You had said before. Oh, Scarlet Witch, a hundred percent. She is the absolute best Avenger and probably the best superhero going. Just saying that. Batman's <laughs> shit. <laughs> All those Zack Snyder people I, I I angered a few weeks ago are going to be back again. Mm. Uh, for me, for me, it begins and ends with Thor. Mm. I, I like, like Thor. Oh, I love Thor. Thor. And on that note, Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth has come out and said that the next Thor movie will not be his last in the Marvel Universe, oh, where everybody else is cashing out. He's yeah. going, more please. Mm-hmm. He said, 
Thor's what? He's only like, like what, 1,065 years old? He's got more in him. Yeah. And I'm like, please thank, until we get to a point where it gets sad. Like, I don't want it to be like the end of like the, the Pirates of the Caribbean days where you're like, oh, Johnny Depp, it's just not fun anymore. Like, the, yeah. I, I see you, and you're like, yay! And then the movie starts, I'm like, oh. So I don't want that. But if it's, it still isn't being good, if Taika Waititi, for instance, sticks around. I was going to say, if it's still him, then I'm up for it 100%, because Ragnarok is one of my favorite Marvel films. Oh, it a, is good. It's yeah. interesting because I, I do like Ragnarok. I, prefer, I, I really like the first one too. So it's it's really strange. Yeah. I'm one of those ones who like Thor uh, off the hop. Okay, my favorite, Captain Marvel. I thought you said Captain America. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. I've never. That's the one I've never seen. Oh really? No, I've not seen twenty three films. I've only not seen one. It's Captain Marvel, and at this point, it's just laziness because I've, I've got Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> we're all going to watch Iron Man on it in like five minutes. <laughs> so on that note, let's go ahead and start up kind of where we're at here. So Iron Man directed by John Favreau. Yeah. John Favreau, who plays Happy Hogan in the yep. film, if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, uh, he plays Monica's rich boyfriend, Pete, on Friends. The ultimate fighter. He's the one who wants to be the ultimate <laughs> oh, fighter. Yeah. So Brilliant. he got the role. Uh, he got the role to direct, sorry. Uh, this is produced by Marvel Studios and distributed as part of an original uh, deal with Paramount Pictures. Um, and this movie went into development hell. Oh, really? Because for, for the longest time, I mean, they, they would sell comic book movies, but because the, the technology wasn't there, you couldn't make a decent movie. So, yeah. like, it never brought anything. So, in April 1990, Universal Studios bought the rights to develop Iron Man. Uh, and they um, had a director called Stuart Gordon lined up to direct a low-budget feature based on the property. And then uh, by 1996, 20th Century Fox instead now had the rights from Universal because the first one never got made. And they wrote a story uh, which was adapted into a proper screenplay, uh, which Stan Lee was part of writing this. Okay. And it incorporated a uh, science fiction origin for the character. Nice. So I don't know if he came from space or what the deal is then, if he's right. an alien. And then this is the coolest thing. Like, There's some names that come up a lot of times on our podcast. In October 1999, Quentin Tarantino was approached to write Whoa. and direct the film. Can you imagine, yeah. like, a proper R-rated Iron Man? Give me Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. Yes. Give me him still. Give me Samuel. Oh, give me Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yes. Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> like, like Pulp Fiction with, like, superheroes. How great would that have been? Oh, amazing. Ten, 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 Quarantino. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, that never happened. And then in December 2000, Fox sells the rights to New Line Cinemas because, and this is the quote, although the script was strong, the studio felt they had too many Marvel superheroes in development. And the quote is, we can't make them all. So, like, <laughs> so like yeah, you have X-Men. Yeah. And you have, like, I don't know if they have Blade. I think they have the rights to Blade. But I'm like, can you imagine going, yeah, we passed on Iron Man That's because crazy. we were just really in on Blade. I do like Blade, though. I've never seen any of the Blade oh, movies. The third one is dodgy. And but, then, you know. who's that name who keeps coming up? It's like Mad Libs. If you've got your bingo card for the best film ever. In June 2001, New Line entered talks with Joss Whedon to really? direct the film. <laughs> Always. And he would later get a crack when it was time to direct Avengers. Um, the first one, which you would call Avengers Assemble in this country, and we would just call the Avengers in my country. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that when we do the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> And then in December 2002, they had a finished script. And what they did was they put three writers in a room and said, just talk about Iron Man. And they talked about Iron Man for like three days and just let the cameras roll. And that's how they kind of like wrote like the outline for the script. They just sort of like brainstormed and like turned a camera on to record it and went, here's the story. Well, that's the best way, really, isn't it? That's pretty cool. It's an interesting choice. I would hate to be the intern who had to go through it Ugh. and go just compile what we kind of decided with. Yeah. And then another script, sorry, this script 
what happened was the Mandarin would have been the main villain, and Pepper would have been a love interest. Now, as we know, the Mandarin doesn't show up to Iron Man 3. Yes. Eventually. Uh, and then another script was done in 2004, which had Howard Stark as the villain. Ooh. And he would be War Machine. Is that Tony's dad, Howard Stark? Yeah, it is. Okay. And so I thought was it's just really easy if you do that old line, young line kind of thing. And you yeah. go, because the best villains are sort of like mirror images of the hero. And so what better way to do this than by doing that? Does that make sense? It does. Thank you. So... Um, <laughs> And finally, in 2006, Marvel got their rights back, and so they put it forward as their first independent film, uh, as far as, like, they would finance it themselves. And really, they were sort of, like, banking. They were, they were betting the house, because they were almost bankrupt at this point, really. To be fair, what a film to start with. Well, you might sit here and go, well, obviously, they believed in Iron Man, because they knew. Because if you read the comics, Iron well, Man's not that big of a deal. No, no. He's Captain not. America's the big deal, mm-hmm. and, the pro- and all the other ones, though, were somewhere else. And this is why they chose Iron Man. Because it was the only main property not in development by another studio at this point. <laughs> they made it because it's the one thing they had the rights to. <laughs> wow. It's amazing how things work out. So much so that they approached 30 writers and they all passed on the project. Because no one wanted to... Marvel Studios never made a movie. Okay. And Iron Man was an obscure character. People thought he was a robot. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, finally we get Favreau to sign on as director in April 2006. And to celebrate, he loses 70 pounds. Is this one of his... Early, early films? He'd done... He directs? He'd done some other stuff. I don't really know kind of what. Maybe he directs quite a lot now. He does direct he? quite a lot so now and writes a lot. And he's kind of... He's very much like, a, like an artist. Like he did Chef, which is on Netflix. Uh, oh, okay. It wasn't a Netflix original. It was an independent film. Yeah. And I think it's a metaphor for filmmaking. Like he gets tired of being a big Hollywood chef. And so he like starts up a food truck. Oh, okay. And I think it's the idea about filmmaking now was like this big corporate thing. And sometimes, much like making a small movie like Chef, you want to just bring it down and just make, it, make, make a good movie. I have heard good things about that, though, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's very highly regarded. Yeah. Iron Man finally premieres at the Great Union's Greater Union Theater at George Street in Sydney on April 14th, 2008, and makes $585 million. Whoa. Which is a load of money, but I think I've become so used to like Marvel yeah. numbers, I'm like, eh. Yeah, but I mean, but $140 million for the budget. That's a hell of a first chance to take. Yeah. It's yeah. a good job it went well, though, because we wouldn't have any of what we already have if not. So, well done, guys. Yes. Yeah, well done. So that kind of... I'm looking forward to seeing... I mean, I think I'm going to be surprised by how grounded it's going to feel. Yeah, because I haven't seen, again, this for a long, long while. Because I remember this being gritty. John Favreau said he mm. wanted to put Iron Man in a modern world with sort of modern, realistic... like. You t- like once we're done, we're gonna be like, okay, now think about Doctor Strange and multiverses and aliens and like you know Thanos yeah. and like uh, Infinity Gauntlets, Infinity Stones, and it's it's a really clever step to go. We can't go there yet. Yeah, all yeah. we need to do now is we need to establish Tony Stark, who Iron Man is, and maybe we'll hint at a couple other things. That's really all this film is here for. Is this for. the first film they leave a, a cliffhanger as such? Well, Liam, it is the first film. No, yeah, no, I mean... Ever? I mean, no, 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 no. Because um, I can't really remember that well, Yeah, the ending. There, the, there is a post-credits thing that does... Yeah, yeah, and this and is it, where it kicks off. And right? it's, it's that Marvel it trademark. It went like halfway through another film, but this is this one. No, it's this one. Okay. So they did start with number one by sort of laying the breadcrumbs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, I guess that's about it. So we are now going to... Um, fire up i was gonna say jarvis but i don't have jarvis i have alexa <laughs> and uh she talks back to me half the time as well and we are going you like she 
Munchausen just now. Yes. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and we are going to watch Iron Man. And we will be joined after the break by who I'm going to say is our Spider-Man, because he's going to show up halfway through the series in <laughs> Ethan. So he, he, he would like that. So he is going to join us uh, when we come back from the break. He's already watched it, so he, I know he's eager to So does this make it. you his Iron Man? <laughs> oh, the my... I'm four. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm just kind of a moody guy with extreme powers. That's fine by me. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. So we are going to go ahead now and we are going to watch Iron Man and we will catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flap. And we are back and emerging from his desert cave from which he has just <laughs> escaped his captors. We have Ethan. Hi, I'm Iron Man, apparently now. I you were Spider-Man actually, earlier. Yeah, I sort of said you were <laughs> Spider-Man. We sort of all, all claimed an Avenger, and I said because you were going to join us halfway through the review, it was like Spider-Man showing up halfway through the series. I can, I can take Spider-Man. Spidey's I can take Spider-Man. Part. I usually I, I do Spider-Man cosplay, so I can live with it. Quick guess. If you had to guess who the, the rest of us chose for our Avengers, who would Ooh. you have thought? I'm and thinking... If I'm wrong, I will be really upset. I'm thinking Georgia went for Scarlet Witch. Okay, so you're one well for done. one. You can only go down from here. <laughs> I'm thinking Liam went for, I want to say, Captain America. You got the first half, right? Close. Captain Marvel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I respect that. I'm thinking Ian went for Iron Man. No, he did no. not go for Iron Man. I, I understand it's my leadership abilities. Yeah. <laughs> or or just complete like megalomaniac megalomaniacal like egomania. But no, not that. Hmm. Now I'm stumped. Okay. I'm gonna fine. say Ant Man. No, no, no. <laughs> I went uh, I went with Thor. Oh yeah, of course. I've been I've been working on I've been working on the Thor Infinity War diet. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie, I'm thinking either Black Widow or I'm not sure. Think think Black Widow. Think more on the periphery, like way on the periphery. I went a bit outside the box because I got asked first and I panicked. (laughs) Which actually is kind of consistent with the character you chose. Outside the box and panicked. Ellie went for Pepper Potts. Oh! Yeah. So that, that, that's, oh, that's my favorite Avenger. Is it, is, well, there we, it's the, definitely well, the one think, that doesn't show up on the lunchbox very often. Yeah. I think if Ethan could be an Avenger, he'd definitely choose Star-Lord. Yes. When we get around to Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to be wearing my Star-Lord cosplay the entire time. And I'm going to be Nebula. Okay. <laughs> uh, wait, Guardians of the Galaxy, I... Oh, Rocket. It's all the people without work. No, I'll be I'll be Yandu. But let's get to that then. Let's get to this now. <laughs> so let's open into the movie and we begin. And it's that classic Marvel opening. Like, yeah, the stuff when they actually like shot it with the actors was cool. But it would have been cooler if it didn't replace this, which is the far superior Marvel opening. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. This is like. The, the peak 2000s, like X-Men, Spider-Man, yeah. early Marvel stuff. And you got to hear the flipping of the pages as oh, the theme played over fantastic. it. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw this, and I'll bring this up because um, we watched it illegally because my sister, I guess, had obtained a bootleg copy because it was like the, the late 2000s and, you know, bootleg discs were everywhere. And it was like a theater grab. Oh, okay. And I, Somebody with a camcorder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, as far nice. as that went, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Because it was still in th- cinemas when yeah, like yeah. I was watching it. Yeah. And I'm going, 
but there's this thing. The minute you watch any cinemagraph, I don't care how good it is, it sounds a little bit off, and the colors just are like 10% less saturated. Yeah. And I'm sitting there the yeah. whole time going, I'm, like, I'm not fully immersed because I'm just trying – everything's going through the filter of my head of trying – Try and make this feel. It's a shame. Such a great film, and I'm sort of yeah. seeing like 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 a B plus version of it. So it's like there's a reason you should buy the film. It, there is like, there's a reason <laughs> exactly. you should buy the film, which you can now do on Disney Plus for just five ninety nine a month. I feel that that ad makes up for the free viewing <laughs> back in two thousand eight. Absolutely. Um, and so we open up, and we are in Afghanistan, and ACDC is playing. And I like the ACDC choice. I do. Because, I mean, uh, John Favreau said he wanted Iron Man to be very rock and roll, so much so that when he told, oh, I have the gentleman's name who did the score, but it's much later, I think, in my notes, uh, Ramja Jawari or something along those lines, I will find it at some point and say it again later in the show. He's the guy who does the music for Westworld. Anyway, oh, yeah. that makes a yeah. lot of sense now. And he said he wanted it to feel heavy metal. And so, he, uh, um, Mr. Okay, so it's Ramin Jawadi. Thank you. So Mr. Jawadi uh, um, arranged it, wrote it on, on the guitar. Even the orchestral pieces, he wrote on an electric guitar. Oh, and That's then cool. he transposed them for an um, orchestra. So that was cool. That's very cool. How do you feel about the Iron Man theme? I'm not a big fan of the Iron Man theme. It's good compared to the original cartoon version. I'll go with that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm quite nostalgic for the cartoon. Well, yes, but I mean, I mean and it got its moment in this it, film. It, it did, yeah. But, I mean, as far as the, the music that would come later on, and Mr. Jawadi, uh, I don't know if he did number two or number three for Iron Man, but he got pipped by Michael Giacchino and by Alan Silvestri for several of the other big, big, big Marvel oh, okay. films. I think, I think the Iron Man 3 suite is, like, the best Iron Man theme they've had. Okay. But as far as the theme, could you hum the theme for me? No. Yeah. Oh, you could? I just got like this little... All the same. All the same note in it. All the same. But that's like you guys' inspiration from ACDC. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't blame them for leading and finishing with heavy metal. Right? So you started with ACDC and you finish with Black Sabbath. Yeah. And you can also understand how... Uh, ACDC really worked with this film and that's mm. why they went with it for the second film more saturated with it for, for sure definitely and so they're in Afghanistan because um, uh, back in the day like the actual origin in the comics is Vietnam oh okay and they said we need to make this modern day I don't yeah. want to do a period piece so we, we, we do Afghanistan was, was applicable in 2008 and so um, he's just kind of riffing with the soldiers in the, in, in the car and he's great in this he's so good I love how he's just drinking whiskey on the rocks like it is fancy suit. What, like when he's in the? Is this when he's in the jeep? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so he starts kind of like he, he mistakes the female uh, jeep driver for a male jeep driver, and then he kind of goes, "Hey, it should be progressive, right? Like I thought of you as a soldier first. <laughs> but then he's like, "Now that I know you're a woman, I'm just gonna hit on you." Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, Tony, <laughs> I'm a woman first and a soldier second. <laughs> This is like the easiest exposition for his character at all. He's oh, like, there's a ton oh, yeah. of this. Did you yeah. go 12 for 12 with all the cover girl oh, models? They all, yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah, and we celebrate this. Oh, this guy's like, I wish I could have this guy's He's life. So cool. And then they go, can I get a photo? He goes, sure. And he says, this better not end up on your MySpace page. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> which, dates it. Which this film, in some ways, there are things that date it. One is the kind of like the Afghanistan war, war to a degree, because yeah. that's kind of a thing in the past now. It is a thing in the past, right? I'm not going crazy there. 
I think there's like tail ends of it still, yeah, but, but nothing, nothing okay, yeah. major. Like, and this. then like certain things like like the cell phones. Yeah, but then the last thing really is like you know MySpace and things <laughs> like that. Sort of reference. I think everyone expected MySpace to be around forever, and now it's just yeah. like yeah, that's really not it was a thing. One of the first nations to, to to see Facebook for what it was and jump on board. We were oh, really? we were way ahead of the curve on that. Wow. One. Yeah. Um, so me, this is where we meet Tony Stark, and it's important to sort of go over the murderer's row of people who were supposed to play Tony Stark in some of these older films. Okay. Um, I don't know why every superhero film from the 1990s had this guy's name attached to it, but he was signed up at one point to play Superman as well. David Hasselhoff? Nope. <laughs> Come on, there was famous pictures of him with long hair in the Superman suit. No. Uh, Nicholas no, Cage. No, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Uh, Ghost, uh, Ghost Rider himself. Yeah. Um, and then also in September 98, uh, a gentleman by the name of Tom Cruise expressed interest in producing as well as starring in an Iron I Man film. I knew about that one. Wow. I, it'd be over, I, wouldn't it? Mm. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be able to nerve the same film. It wouldn't be the same no. film, no. Plus he'd, he'd want to have a suit doing stunts. He'd just want to run. Yeah. He'd be like, get the suit <laughs> off me. I just want to run. Um, and so when it came down to it, Favreau wanted to cast a newcomer in the title role because he said the, the superhero films don't require an expensive star. Iron Man is the star. The suit is the star. Oh. And so he said, look at Spider-Man and look at X-Men. Hmm. Because, yeah, Hugh Jackman and Tobey Maguire were massive stars later. Later, yeah. But they got made by doing these roles. Of course. And they almost uh, went for Liam, one of your favorite actors, or at least an actor in one of our favorite films. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> no, not Michelle Pfeiffer. This, <laughs> this, first instinct. This, this was not latex. This was, <laughs> this was quite bulky. Um, Sam Rockwell. Yay. Yeah, it was supposed oh, he's to be so hilarious. good. And Sam, considering Iron Man too. Yeah, he shows up in Iron yeah. Man too as the villain, doesn't he? I'd just like to point out that Hugh Jackman was a major Broadway star before he did anything. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah but we're yeah, talking yeah. about like it's not. No one's but, buying a movie ticket because it says Hugh Jackman. No, I mean they would. There would have been people that were. Uh, yeah, but the very niche market. Yeah, yeah and, and like if if, we, if we'll, Liam gets cast, like I'll go see it because it's 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 my buddy Liam. But <laughs> <laughs> people aren't going to know the best film ever. Group, they would go see this. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, I hope they would. Thank you. Um, so, um, so Robert Downey Jr. though was eventually chosen by John Favreau because he was a fan. First off, secondly, because Favreau loved his work in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But thirdly, because if you look at the story of Tony Stark, this is the story of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I can someone see that. who was wasting their life mm. on women and excess, more so the excess than the women. But they kind of went part hand in hand, and then he decided to uh, get clean. Mm. And that kind of demonstrates the turning point here. And it's really weird how those two. So he can go to places with this role that no one else can. Yeah. Like, I, you're wrong. I rate Sam Rockwell. Fine actor. Yeah, I do. But, but that would have been a different. And, and not only the fact that Tony knew. Not Tony. Not only the fact that Robert Downey Jr. knew. But also the fact that the public knew. Yeah. That this was Robert Downey Jr.'s yeah. story yeah. as well. Yeah. So. Um, and Marvel went, that sounds great. No, I'm lying. They said, <laughs> I was going to say, what? <laughs> they said, no, we're not doing this. And Favreau wouldn't take no for an answer. He said, it was my job as a director to show it was the best choice creatively. Everyone knew he was talented. And certainly yeah. by studying the role and developing the script, I realized the character seemed to line up with Robert in all the good and all the bad ways. Yeah. And they paid Robert Downey Jr. How much for this role? I want to say 10 grand. 10 grand? I mean, come it's, on. I'm thinking real I mean, low ball is low ball, but 10 grand? A hundred grand. Okay. I, I imagine this going a much different way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what a standard amount low. is. <laughs> oh, okay. But low, low compared to normal. Yeah, he made half a million. 
Half million, yeah. Now, if you think oh, yeah, one million. So if you think this made, man. if you think this made five hundred and thirty-four million, yeah, yeah, like that's actually really quite low. In It'd fact, be interesting it, to know what he got on his last movie. Who I can only imagine what he got for like Endgame. He, got, he was getting north. Of, he was getting north of twenty. Wow. By the time Iron Man three came yeah. around, because he kept Robert Downey Jr. fifteen for Homecoming. Because yeah, exactly, just for that bit. Wow. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. kept going. Oh, maybe I'm done with the Iron Man films. They go, no, no, we'll give you more money. He's like, oh, okay, I'll do one more or two more films. And then he go, oh, I think I'm done. They go, no, we haven't finished the story yet. Yeah, that's to be cool. fair, if you've got people in your pocket like that and you know they can afford it. Oh, I don't blame him yeah. for doing it. No. I just think he's definitely made up for this in the back end. Oh, absolutely. Me a few more Big Macs. So while preparing... <laughs> For he filming, likes Burger King. yes, Burger King. While preparing for filming, Favreau and Downey were given a tour of SpaceX by Elon Musk. And so, Gosh. if you look at Elon Musk and kind of the kind of personality he ends up kind of being, there's some link there to Robert Downey Jr. I think. Hmm. I mean, I mean Tony he, Stark. I, I know the Sam Rockwell. He's in Iron Man too, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And according to uh, Stan Lee, Liam, you made a comment during the film. Tony Stark is based on Howard Hughes. Is he? He is. I said to you, didn't I? I said, this is very Howard Hughes-esque. And Downey Jr. said the problem with, or the challenge before him, is that you've got to make this wealthy, established, weapons manufacturing, hard-drinking, womanizing prick. (laughs) Ultimately into a character who is likable and a hero. (laughs) That is the challenge. That's, yes, all those things you would say describe you. Yeah, but, Absolutely. Okay. But basically, you, you do that quite easily on screen. You show all the bad flaws straight away, <laughs> eh? so yeah. people don't like you, yes. and then you do one redeeming thing, and yes. then you build on that redeeming thing. And then as all these things happen, we get all this exposition, then there's a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and then they blow Boom. up the, uh, the, the, Hummer. The, the, the Jeep, and then we blow up kind of Tony a bit. He goes flying kind of away, and he lands down, and he goes, oh. and then we get the title card, and we go, oh, we're watching Iron Man. Yeah, and then we come back and it's thirty six hours earlier. <laughs> and if you thought there was a lot of exposition and backstory in the first bit in the jeep, oh my god! Yeah, there's because an expo at the expo. We get we get an expo. We get a whole. In case anybody's watching a movie, here is a two minute presentation on Tony Stark's life. <laughs> in case you were at this expo and didn't know all of this already, well, you'd almost think this is for the audience and not for the people there. Wait, what? Yes, <laughs> and this is where we meet Rhodey. Rhodey, played by Terrence Howard. I always want to call him Terrence Stamp. He's not yeah, Terrence yeah, Stamp. No. He's Terrence Howard. Terrence Terriology Howard. Yes, and he's there, and he works for the military. And this friendship's a bit weird. I would, I could have known of knowing how they were friends a bit more. Mm. Um, it's a bit strained at times. And also, like, is he a military man? Is he a VIP? Because he kind of has his feet in both worlds. Because mm. he's here presenting the award, like, with all these glamorous people. And it's just like we would wanted someone who knows Tony up there. Mm. So we're going to do this. And so link, how much money do you think he made for this film? At least 38 pounds. At least 38 pounds. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm saying two mil? Two hundred. I'm thinking 000. more than Downey. Six hundred thousand. Three and a half million. Whoa! Oh, yeah. oh he I was, was the, the closest. He was the established nice. name. So here's the deal: Marvel goes, "Yeah, you can have Robert Downey Jr., but we're not paying him squat." And so instead, of Terrence Howard, credit, credit, credit to Downey Jr. Though, call call your shot, prove yourself to be invaluable, yeah. and make it on the backside. Yeah, even better. Now the story is that that. Um, Terrence Howard doesn't come back for two because they lowballed him. So basically, the way he tells it is they spent all my money on Downey's raise. Oh, okay. Like somehow Marvel only had X number of pounds yeah, or dollars exactly. in the bank. Why would and you they do went, that? And they went, 
So the, the other question is, and there's reports that have come out, that Terrence Howard wasn't very good in this. And actually, Favreau had to, and he was difficult to work with. Uh, and that Favreau yeah. had to do all sorts of stuff just to rescue it. And well, so it be difficult, when number understand. two came around and he wouldn't, and Terrence Howard wouldn't do it for the low, so do you give him a low ball offer for a reason? Just so he'll leave? Yeah. Because it's not going to cost you that much for, for, for Don Shadle. And Don Shadle, by all accounts, is a lovely man to work with. He's a great guy. So, I love Don Shadle. Yeah. He's and amazing. We stand. Yeah. So the question then becomes, you know, how did you feel about Terrence Howard and his, his James Rhodes? I felt he was very um, invisible in the movie. He didn't make an impression to me. I quite liked him. I remember liking it when I first watched it, but now knowing what it would be. And it's weird because is this. He the, doesn't have the same impact as Cheadle, though, does he? Is this the yeah. most heavy James Rhodes movie we get? I forget if two's got more James Rhodes in it. Three. I think three is the three is the most. Three is the most? Yeah. Because mm. Oh, that's right. Because there's the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole president Fine. subplot. Yeah. yeah. But this is. It's just weird, isn't it? Yeah. I so, think it's because I'm now so. I've spent literally now 10 years with Don Cheadle as this character and I'm like yeah this is this is this is this is Rhodey and then you see that and it I think it was the whole thing was like next time baby like there's not a next time well 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 on on talking to the Mickey when we deal with the Hulk I mean we can have a similar conversation about um Ed Norton as the Hulk but I have no problem with the way Ed Norton plays the Hulk no I didn't yeah and I saw that after I'd seen like a bunch of Ruffalo's Mm. But yeah. I was still like, he's fine. It's a different Hulk, but I was yeah. fine with his Hulk. Uh, this one just felt off. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, maybe just because Chato just made himself so invaluable. Maybe because the, 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 the relationship between Stark you could definitely see the chemistry and Rhodes better. has to be it's so important, the chemistry of it. Yeah. He's just so lovable as well. I don't know whether the script yeah. changes at all to fit around the people yeah, playing them, but he's, he's very much lovable, Terrence funny Howard. rogue in it. And it's, I think yeah. it's better than the character we see in this i don't even associate them as the same person really because they are just so different you could you could tell me they were two if you had told me they were two different characters yeah i honestly thought they were until i put two and two together you, if you told me he was actually jim rhodes rather than james rhodes <laughs> yeah. and, and rather than james being sure they're, they're two different characters i'd have gone yeah all right yeah i see that i can see how they could they be brothers or cousins yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Terrence howard plays him really sort of like Moany, like he's yeah. always like he's talking down to him. He's always like like, like he's got to be his the, the older brother. Yeah, like like he's like showing. I think it's the idea of it. Like I'm the military, and the military is important, and he, he kind of yeah. represents all that. Whereas Chadle was just kind of like, I've got this irresponsible friend in Tony Stark, and I'm going to yeah. try and through t- love show him you don't have to be that guy. And it's, it's just, maybe that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. And then we meet Obadiah Stane. Played by mm. Jeff Bridges. And this one really is Jeff Bridges. It's not like when I call Jeff Daniels, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wasn't supposed to be the villain until the second or a third movie. Oh, really? They were going to go somewhere else and then develop this, which I think... Would have been better, I think. There might have been something in that. Yeah. because yeah, I think the first one, all you need is the origin story. You didn't need the great villain out no. of the way on the first one. Exactly. This the thing. They do the whole thing with the Ten Rings and like, oh, the Ten Rings, the whole Mandarin stuff. And I think... They should have swapped Mandarin from three to one, and then just have Bridges being. Well, they didn't think they didn't think Mandarin would work because Mandarin was a bit too sci-fi, and they were trying to ground this in realism. Oh yeah, because that's like the whole magic. Because you got to warm yeah. up to that. I mean, yeah, you know, and it does. We talked about that before you came mm. on. It was just the idea of it. You know, if you had seen this movie and then said, "Great, in twelve years we're going to have spaceships <laughs> and we're going to have multiple dimensions." And Someone on Twitter trees. was like, "I watched all of them in a row recently." And 
the fact that you go from one to in, uh, end game and it makes sense cohesively yeah. and doesn't seem like it's strange is a feat. And I was like, yeah, it's true. It is true. You don't think about it, but yeah. Jeff Bridges described this approach of, for Iron Man as a $200 million student film. <laughs> and what he means by this is basically they didn't have much of a script. Oh. Because uh, Favreau was just, he knew what the story was, and that's what he was obsessed with. Let's get the story right. For the script, kind of do what you want. Mm. We just know we have to get to these story beats. Yeah. We need a scene where this ultimately happens. Do what you want with it. And so that gave it the student film kind of approach to it. And, I quite like that, though. And Bridges and Downey were, were really quite good at it. Yeah. And so what they would do is they would work on stuff. And then this is great. They would, in practice, trade scripts. Oh, or trade cool. things yeah. so they could hear how their lines were coming across from a receiver's end rather than from a... That's brilliant. That's really clever. And then come yeah. back to it. And I'm thinking, as all the stuff I've done as a director, that's a trick I want to keep. Mm. I want to I follow yeah, that away. I was away. just thinking that. That'd be a really good Because that could be a really good sort of tool to go well. hear, what, hear what people have to react to or maybe just hear what a different voice would do with it. Mm. So really quite interesting. Um So they used to come up with a lot of dialogue on the day of filming scenes and he was big on like, I come in memorized the lines are a hundred percent down yeah and so this was a struggle for him here um stain has to accept the award that tony's been nominated for because stark's at the casino gambling and then we meet happy hogan and we meet um leslie bibb is the character uh, sorry is the actress's name i forget what her name was the she's the reporter oh okay oh, yeah, yeah, um, blondie um, and christine, christine hart sorry what I thought it was Christine Hart, but Ethan said Everhart. No, it is Everhart. Okay. Yeah, I looked it up. I I, I didn't write it down. Um, so uh, she goes up and she's like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. And this great moment where he just sort of whispers to Hogan, is she all right? And he goes, yeah, she's cute. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. He turns around. I've got time for that. He's the best wingman going. He is. He's a good wingman. And then, uh, but she's got a serious story and she calls Tony the merchant of death. And he quite likes that. He does. And she, it's, you can see it's coming a mile away. She's yelling at him. And she's the first character to really take him to task about what he does. Yeah. You sell weapons. They get in the hands of bad people. And you create violence. You don't save. And we get Tony's perspective. I create weapons so the bad guys can't fight us. But did you also notice that Stark at this point is how Bridges is later? It's all for the greater good. Yeah. So he. But, and if we get become billionaires as part of the process, yeah, good, good for us. Yeah. And so she's yelling at him, and he's flirting the whole time. She's yelling at him, and sure enough, you can see, and sure enough, it's just a cut, and they're in bed. Yeah. Just after peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. I had not realized the uh, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for here? Innuendo, but that line could have had until. <laughs> so much. Because, I mean, that's, that's all very Americana. Um, I, was it FDR who said, walk softly and carry a big stick? And that was America's role. America's role is to be quiet, but know that we have the biggest army, so don't mess with us. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, Iron Man is kind of born in the USA in many ways in this regard. Mm -hmm. um, and then she wakes up. And first off, what a house. There's this great mm -hmm. shot as they pull back from, from the house. Beautiful. Save you. And there was a conscious decision to put this in Malibu and not do this in New York because John Favreau felt that too many superhero movies take place in New York. Which, not wrong there, man, Marvel would like double down on New York as being the most important mm. place in the world. <laughs> yeah, like within a couple of movies, everything was in New York. At but this point, though, how many super 
superhero films have we actually got? They're mostly Batman, aren't they? Well, Gotham's supposed to be like because that like is a New loose, York. It's isn't a loose. It? It's sort of symbolic. New York. Yeah, they, they couldn't use yeah, New York at the time. Spider-Man. could Spider-Man. That's the reason they went for no, Gotham. Fa- Favreau. Oh wait, for Gotham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the thirties. Back in the thirties. I mean, it's they weren't allowed to use probably weren't allowed real, to use the actual yeah, yeah. name. It's like most places, like video games, where San Andreas stands in for LA and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. right? I'm just thinking, like, there can't have been that many that were set anywhere else either, though. So it's literally just New York or anywhere else that they had to pick from. Yeah. So, so you, I don't know why they didn't go for Seattle, you know, Chicago. <laughs> I could you imagine? Shreveport, Louisiana. Boston. <laughs> Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> anywhere, Iowa. Um, and so she walks around, and this is where we meet the sexual conquest du jour meets pepper pots yes and in case we need an introduction to go who is this don't worry because the reporter <laughs> goes you must be the famous pepper pots <laughs> to which point why is someone's personal assistant famous and secondly like it's just like you can tell there wasn't a lot of dialogue maybe written until moments before mm. and things like this because you just go in this isn't very good writing this is just here's the information you have to get and i appreciate that but on the same and it's this really weird like they're both kind of jealous of each other like mm. competitive both girls kind of want the guy I mean, you can sort of set up the sort of thing here you can tell she was named by stan lee as well because she's got the whole it's, going on it's it's yeah. it's alliterative and i'm very also, thankful now for the uh pepper pots yes <laughs> pepper pots yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't hear it without just thinking of like sprinkling food with pepper. Well, there we go. <laughs> and so Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> um, oh, we'll go back to this for a second. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Pepper Pot says yes. It's just oh, and Tony still makes you do all his dirty work. And she goes, yeah. Uh, and every now and then he makes me take, take out, out the trash. trash. <laughs> yeah, that was Love good. That. Burn. And she kind of goes and you kind of like you know I I I run this house in the daytime. You're here for one night. I'm here yeah. for every day. I love as well that it wasn't made any more of a joke. It was just that line. And it was kind of inferred that that's what she meant. There was no... To the point. Yeah, it was nice. And I was okay with it, even though it's a bit shamey. I'm okay with it because she was having a go at Pepper first. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't hammered home or anything. It was just that. Yeah, but it was also this idea that, like, I won because I got to spend a night with Tony Stark and maybe the insinuation that she kind of was looking from afar... Wishing and hoping, and and she's also probably yeah, but, t- talking down to her as well, absolutely. isn't she? So, but, but Pepper knows that they come and go. Oh, Pepper's done they this just come and go. Yeah. yeah, that's not her first rodeo. And they go downstairs, <laughs> and Tony is working on a roadster. And I only bring this up because it's John Favreau's car. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, does it have a, a special meaning? Because it, they show it a lot. Yeah, it's just John. I think John Favreau was just like, I want. Oh, my, okay. I'm going to put myself in it. I'm going to put my car in it. <laughs> Why Which not? car is that one? Sorry, that's like the one with the flames, flames on, it. on it. Oh, the black one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, until the flames. But it's a black car. It is mainly it? black, yeah. Big Guy Fieri so, shirt car. That's right. <laughs> Diners, drives-ins, and dives. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow took this part because she only had to travel 15 minutes to get to the studio. Well, <laughs> I understand that. That way she could be home with her two kids for the shoot. Uh, she based her performance on 1940s heroines because she thought they could be sexy, witty, and innocent all at once. Yeah, I can see that. Also me. And she did carry herself. <laughs> she does carry herself very well in this film. She does, and it's very James Bond money penny. And mm. it? it's like it's yeah. like it's like an American version thereof. Yeah. I don't think you can do a part like that, and it wouldn't be compared to that though. That's kind of iconic in that. In that Especially role, because they've it? got to be close enough that you th- it's, it's, a, it's a will they or won't they? But they're yeah. going to leave you frustrated because that's what we want to see, and they make us wait a long time for that. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. there are certain aspects of this film that is very Bond esque. 
Yeah, oh, very much so. Do you know what I mean? Actually, a huge lot. parts of yeah, it. Yeah, Iron Man. Especially is, the music Tony, when he's in bed with yeah, Christy. Yeah, exactly. Like, Tony Stark actually is very James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is where we find out that it's her birthday. Yep. And she's bought herself a present. And here's part of the problem that Gwyneth Paltrow had, because Robert Downey Jr. will ad-lib all, he'll all day, every different, day. All day, every day. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow sucks at improv. <laughs> <laughs> so she really struggled. So there's a point where she goes, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And I'm wondering, is that just her really going, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, I don't know what you're doing. Because <laughs> <Yeah, I hope laughs> so. at, yeah. at one point he said something, she went, I don't know what to say. And I'm thinking, I bet you she's in character, but she's just admitting, yeah. don't know. Yeah. Because he's so good with it. I mean, we see it throughout the Marvel series. He's he, brilliant. he can he he just doesn't it doesn't phase him. Doesn't no, matter. No. Is there anything he can't do? Uh, apparently make a Doctor Doolittle remake. <laughs> <laughs> still not seen that. No, I mean yeah, that's yeah, terrible. <laughs> Um, and so this is when they then go over because they're three hours late to get on their flight and we get product placement number one. We do. Audi. Audi, yeah. I said that, didn't I? And there was a thing where they wanted an, an Audi to like flip over and crash in the end fight with Obadiah Stain. Oh, okay. And like uh, it was supposed to b- break in a certain way, but the, the car actually ended up being like way too tough to break. Yeah. And so he was so impressed that Favreau went, I'm going to get a convertible Audi in, in the next film. And I want to show off what it can do. And so in the second film, they show up in that Audi onto the racetrack. That's good, yeah. Which is, which is kind of a nice little bit. That is, yeah. And they show up, and James Rhodes is yelling because they're three hours late. And Tony's like, well, I'm here now. Let's go. <laughs> now it's you to to the pilot, yeah. <laughs> Sorry? He, George, you finished my sentence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, he says to the pilot, now it's you that's making us wait. Let's go. Yeah. Which, I mean, technically true. But he just, this is what Tony Stark is not going to take accountability for his actions no, ever. No. And so he's, he wants to start drinking as the very attractive stewardesses bring them alcohol as soon as they go. He says, no, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. Tony, I'm not drinking. Smash cut to <laughs> Rhodes is drunk going, oh, the thing Tony is. But the, I put on this suit every day. You know what I see? I see me. But the stewardesses are like strippers now. <laughs> yeah. And there's a stripper pole. And all of a sudden I'm going... I got issues with Tony Stark's private air service. <laughs> this, this part sort of faded out over the 12 years. Because <laughs> that, that situation, pardon the pun, would not fly anymore. No, it wouldn't. You're right. Unless that's what they were hired to do and then good on them. I, I guess, but that requires a much longer scene. <laughs> Yeah, Rose we would can... have to go, what's the deal with these girls? Well, actually, they've been hired for this, and I'm sex positive. And... Oh, but do you think, though, that because they weren't much of a script, they just went, oh, let's do this, let's do that. Oh, yeah, they'll do. Yeah, they're drunk, and they're doing this. And the stripper pole was just laying around? <laughs> well, yes. uh, I don't know. Perfectly in the shot with, like, stripper lighting? <laughs> <laughs> like a hip-hop video behind them? I... I mean, this was like MTV Cribs. I'll be honest, I quite liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe MTV were filming in the next soundstage. Maybe who? MTV? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then we got to uh, Afghanistan and we got, is it better to be feared or better to be respected? Well, I say let's do both. And uh, this was written by Robert Downey Jr. himself. Oh, cool. It reminds me of a Michael Scott quote. Yes, I want people to be scared of how much Much they they love me. me. Yes, very good. (laughs) And he says, I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's the way dad did it. That's the way America does it. And then find an excuse to fire it. (laughs) uh, He's not wrong. 
and he does this, it's just this great shot where he raises his, he fires it and then turns around in like that like total badass sort of way yeah and just raises his arms and like everything blows up behind him and you're like and he doesn't even flinch damn and he doesn't <laughs> flinch and even though it like knocks like the wind just like the pulse just, like knocks everything out he's like prepared he knows what this thing yeah. can do and um that's more or less the jericho missile um and then sorry, and then there's a phone call to obadiah to say yeah i finished the meeting which should have been this is sort of hint one i think mm. and then roadie wants to ride with him he goes no we're in the fun car <laughs> You're in the like. I'm sorry. Like, are you worried that Rhodes isn't going to be fun? Because we see what happens with these three <laughs> kids. Like, they're not getting drunk talking about. I put on this uniform every day. Like, I don't, like Rhodes is pretty fun. Then he call it the fun bee or something. The fun, yeah, the humvee, the, the hum, the fun bee. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. And then non fun. And then, whatever. sure enough, we re- replay the bomb going off, and he wakes up, and he discovers as he wakes up soon enough that he's got. Uh, he's moist. Well, Hooked up to a car battery. Just mm. while we... As we all have after a long night. I'm not being funny. If you took it up a car battery, you would freak out. Regardless. It wouldn't even have to be a car battery. Like any battery of any sort. <laughs> You'd be like, are they going to shock me? Are they going to do this? Just, you know? Just wires coming out of here would Jesus. be enough. Okay. And so... Um, and I think he takes to the idea that Jensen's his buddy pretty quickly. Yeah. I think I'd be a little uh, more be, worried be, he was a double agent. Yeah. 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 Uh, but... He's got that typical double agent look, hasn't he? Like, kind of bald, glasses, yeah. skinny. Yeah. He trusts too quick. Like, if you're ever in a room and you wake up and there's only one other guy with you, yeah. I think the worry is, what if he's a plant? Yeah. Also, the first line he gives is, I wouldn't do that if I were yeah. you. And so we find out that Jensen has got this device, this arc reactor, that keeps shrapnel away from the heart. Well, it's not an arc reactor. It's just something that keeps the... It's just a magnet keeping yeah. everything away, away from, from the you. heart. Yeah. And he says that, well, we, we met one once, but you couldn't remember me. And they will pay that off. Ethan, where will they pay that off? In Iron Man 3. Yeah, they'll do a little flashback scene. We'll actually see that meeting between the two of them. That's cool. Which is a great little moment. Yeah. And then we meet our captors, at least the low-level ones. And Tony is asked by them to build a Jericho missile. Tony says he refuses. Good for him. And then we have a lot of water torture. And as this happens, we see Stark Industry logos everywhere. And I, I want to know... They're sticking his head in water, and yet he's hooked up to a battery. You did say that, yeah, mm. yeah. I'm a little bit concerned, you know, that maybe they were going to kill him. Like also a little bit him. of an electric shock They're not going the to want to kill him, are they? Because they want him to build the missile. I want to be there for the scene where, like, Jensen describes how this is saving his life. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be like, wait, you did what? Like, I get what Tony gets, and he's a smart guy. Like, these guys are just in the middle of the desert. I love also how he carries it around like that's just... Everywhere he goes. (laughs) You've seen Doctor Who, I'm assuming, at some point, Ethan. Yes. Are you familiar with... A little. Are you familiar with the Ood? Yes. I love the Ood. And they have to carry their... Is it their brains? They're like little orb things, aren't they? The orb thing is is their brain or something. They have to hold it outside of their body and they always have to carry it. That's right. And the question is why are they so trusting? Well, wouldn't you have to be if you had to carry your brain all over the place? It's, It's the only choice you have in life. Yeah. And so Tony's kind of got this idea where he's kind of like the ood. I never thought I would say Side that. Side <laughs> My dad and my sister traumatized me as a child because I knew I didn't like the ood and they made a paper mask with pink string on the bottom of it and oh. wore it around to terrify me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Um, and so Tony said, if you build us a Jericho, then we'll set you free. And he goes, no, no, no he won't. No. And Jensen goes, no, he won't. No. And um, then kind of we get to a point where 
Jensen decides it's time for a come to Jesus talk. Yeah, he does. And he says, this is your legacy. You have sold weapons and have gotten in the hands of bad people. And you have done this. Yeah. I don't care what's going on. You have created this. You have done this. And we find out that the, they goes, who, who are my captors? Which feels like it's a really late time in the game to ask this question. Mm. But they have a Ten Rings, which have links to the Mandarin. Mm. So I'm told. Um, and then we have a montage of Tony doing some engineering work. Mm-hmm. He builds a mini arc reactor so he can uh, sort of get his heart going. Power yeah. it for 50 years or something, they said. 50 lifetimes, lifetimes. 50 or lifetimes. something big for 15 minutes. There we go. And so I think this is the first of those images where you go, it's Iron Man. Yeah. I see what's happening here. And then Tony begins I building the Iron Man suit. Here. That's next week. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and so then we meet the big bad. And he wants to, he's the only, and how do we know he's the main villain? Because he speaks English. Yes. And he wants to be bigger than Genghis Khan. Um, and he says, I have the, the Jericho missile tomorrow or Jensen dies. And then we have the sound of Tony hammering the big heavy Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. And this is the sound that will be the post-credit sound effect of Avengers Endgame. Wow. The only sound we got. The only, the only thing we got. We didn't get a post-credit stinger. All yeah. you get is the sound. Yeah. And it's the sound of Tony going bang, I did wonder bang, at the time when we bang. watched it. Yeah. yeah. And so. Wow. Lovely throwback. Um, that is a lovely really throwback. There's quite it. a few throwbacks, actually. And then we see them assemble the suit, and we're like, what's the deal with the cameras in this place? Because when they want the cameras to be like, we can see what's going on, then mm. they do it. But like, they must have spent day, like, a day building this suit. And you're like, that doesn't look like a missile. No. Also, even though he's doing it in bits and stuff, and yeah. he's doing drawings in the, you know, yeah. you'd know, wouldn't yes. you? Yes. They show him looking, someone looking through the camera, Tony working on something on his leg. And I'm like, you know there are cameras in here. We've already pointed the cameras out because we did a whole smile thing yeah. earlier. Why on earth would you do something that is obviously not missile related, as in testing a leg bracket out <laughs> on camera in view of them? And, and so, even if it's like, oh, there's a blind sight. Why is there a blind sight yeah. in your prison cell? <laughs> yes. Like you set the cameras up. Like you really could have done whatever you want to. With Somewhere this. where you're holding a genius captive. He's like, I, yeah. I knew we should have gone for one day prime on that extra camera. I knew we should have. Oh, <laughs> uh, the poor delivery guy. I was like the day off. I was like, where's everyone gone? I'm just going to, I'm just going to put one of those cards. Sorry, I missed you. <laughs> I'll take it to your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Your neighbor, the Sahara Desert. The Sahara Desert. <laughs> I know, exactly. Put on a cactus or something. Um, <laughs> and so uh, they, they need more time. They're trying to boot up the suit, and the baddies are starting to come in. And Jensen decides he's going to buy more time. And this is great because Jensen goes ahead and grabs the gun and just starts like running off, like firing it like a maniac. Like he's having so much fun with this. But did you he, notice? But he's already made that decision, hasn't he? You notice as well, yeah. he doesn't shoot at people. He shoots at the walls. Ah, that's really clever. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Because if he, sh- if he if he kills someone, he's then as bad as them. He doesn't want. Yeah. That. He's just shooting at the walls Good the shout. whole time and well shouting. Mm. And then they reveal the Iron Man suit, and we see this because we see things from the perspective of the henchman. And then the door starts to dent. Yeah, and this then. Is good. Um, he breaks through and he starts shooting some people and then he gets his arm caught and he's trying to undo his arm and one of the baddies <laughs> grabs a gun and like points it like like execution style to his head brilliant pulls the trigger and it bounces off his head and kills the guy who pulled the trigger in the first place and the best bit is Junior turns around drop it down Junior turns around and just goes oh and didn't even realise <laughs> yeah I think my favourite bit was while we were watching it was one of the either of you two just went oh if it does that to a door imagine what it would do to your head to your face Liam said that yeah <laughs> And so um, he goes across and he finds Jensen. 
and uh, Tony's sort of um, taken the big bad out of the situation. We think he's dead, but he's not. Mm. And um, he says to Jensen, he goes, no, come on, we're going to get out of here. He says, I'm going to see my family. And he said, yeah, you have to see her. He said, my, my family's dead. I'm going to see my family. Stick to the plan. This was always the plan. And yeah. he says, thank you for saving me. Oh, Tony says, thank you for saving me. And he says, good. He says, don't waste your life. Big turning point. Especially because he saved his life first by giving him the magnet in, yeah. in, in, in the, to stop him from dying. And then he actually provides cover to give him the time. Yeah. To get out of there because he realizes the greatness that Tony would be. I think he realizes there was somebody who didn't owe him anything, gave him so much. Yeah. And it's his turn to give back. So then Tony goes outside and they all like open fire on him. And he just waits and goes, my turn. <laughs> he just <laughs> yeah. him. And then he flies. And there's this thing, because yeah, the, and, and, the, and the Iron Man theme is, go, you know, da 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 And it's fly, he's flying, and that all of a sudden, he again. runs out of power. da 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 And as he runs out of power, it goes, He is a performing goes, monkey. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. When he goes, da-da, that's when he, like, loses energy. That's called a musical attack, when the music just like stops. And in this case, it's being done. It was used a lot in this film for, for humor. Yeah. Whenever something funny, you just kill the music. Yeah. So it's like the power dies. I guess he must have, like, his theme song is, like, on his, like, iPod playlist and his headset. <laughs> and it just, like, shuts everything off. And he, he falls, like, nails the sand hard. hard. The mask pops off. And he goes, not bad. <laughs> yeah. And he gets rescued by a helicopter and uh, Rhodesy asks him, How was the fun Jeep or the the the, the, the fun, the fun bee, bee. Or whatever Next it is. time you ride with me. Next time you ride with me. Yeah. And he gets back and Pepper's been crying and he goes, What's these tears? And she just goes, Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. <laughs> As someone who's been through that recently, yeah, same. I would be crying tears of joy if it meant I didn't lose a job. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like your boss was taken captive into an Afghan uh, <laughs> terrorist cell for three months. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> Who hasn't? I know, right? It's 2020. It's, it's an average Monday, Monday, isn't it? It's a Tuesday at this point. Yes. And so they said, what do you want? And he goes, I want an American cheeseburger. And he, eventually this means Burger King, which is product integration number two. Ooh, yeah. In an interview with Britain's Empire magazine, RDJ thanked Burger King for helping him get straight in oh, 2003. Yeah. He had a car full of drugs, and he had a burger that was so disgusting, it made him rethink his life. And he dumped all the drugs in his car into the ocean. And um, so this is why he asks for a burger when he gets back. I like uh, Burger King also promoted the film with toys based on this movie and would do so in the sequel as well. And you get nice little images of he's chowing down on a cheeseburger. And we see this line come back as well. Anybody remember? Oh, yep. I want cheeseburgers. Your dad liked cheeseburgers. I'll get you all, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. <laughs> so we did see this paid off in Avengers Endgame. Uh, and then enter Agent Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, who was a very small TV actor. He was like a he had like he had a recurring role Gregg. on a sitcom. He's so good. He in is this. so good, but this is the Have you part have you seen him in Agents of Shield? No. Yes. He has his own spin-off show and it's he like does. six seasons and he is fantastic in every single season. Are you, you're referring to, to Agents of Shield as the spin-off yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant spun off from that. I was like, what is it? Like <laughs> the Agent Coulson. Like Agent Coulson's like this wacky guy. <laughs> he like he like he's like really straight and like goes like moves into this house and like next door is like some hippies and they always want to come <laughs> over, but like he's always doing shield stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. Can we make this? <laughs> I'm looking for some sort of, of shield and something. Yeah. 
shield my favorite thing me. is seeing tiny shield petite shield clark greg shield being, next like, door fighting, shield fighting next door. ghost rider <laughs> <laughs> no that like that actually happens in season four. Oh my word Wow. So it was originally a smaller part, and in fact, the, the character was first only called Agent, but as filming went on, his chemistry, because he had chemistry with everybody. Yeah, I can see that. And he's the straight man for all of them. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, and because it was so good, they added more and more scenes. And so the bit where they walk in, and Tony goes, can everybody just sit down? Because he sat down. Ad lib. I love that oh, bit. Oh, cool. And he says he's cutting the weapons division, and man, Obadiah Stane does not like that. No. What a name, though. Obadiah are... Stane? Yeah, yeah like, it's, a great name. it's obviously a villain name, though, isn't it? Because he's got Stane. Stane. His last Obadiah. Name. And apparently, the B- Obadiah is a biblical reference. And if you go read the book of, I think it's a book in the Old Testament. Obadiah. Oh, yeah, read it, read it back to back. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, it's all about retribution. Oh, well, that would yeah. Make sense. oh, that's good. So, Tony wants to double down on arc reactor technology, but Stane wants to see Tony's chest. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he sees he's like, Put it away. Maybe we don't show everybody, you know, mm. your giant on button in the center of your <laughs> chest. Maybe we shouldn't just be getting I our chests out in front of the whole world. Maybe. I love that line well, he has, though, afterwards, where he's like, we're ironmongers. And I'm like, ha, ooh, ha, yeah, ha, that's nice. funny. That's who you are. That's your villain name. <laughs> yeah. Funny spot. Well, we go on from Tony and Obadiah, like, show me your chest. When, okay, put it away, you tease, <laughs> to asking Pepper. <laughs> you flat. To asking Pepper, hey, Pepper. How big are your hands? <laughs> She's like, excuse me? <laughs> and so we find out that Tony, like this scene. Tony needs someone to help him, we think anyway, uh, make the swap of the uh, device that, oh, what was that guy's name again? Jensen. Jensen put in for the one he's made. Yes. And so uh, there, so as he's doing this, he's laying, his chest is exposed, and you can see, like, Gwyneth Paltrow like, puts her hand, like, right into his yeah, chest. how do they do now, that? How do they do that? It's a fake chest. Oh, okay. And so Tony shot. is standing up. So he's not laying down. He's standing up, and his arms are to the side of it, and they, oh, shine, cool. they shine a lot of light on the chest. So it sort of, like, uh, overexposes and yeah. bleeds out a bit, Clever. and so you can't see the lines. <laughs> The yeah, light, the light, light the out, light, and yeah. so you can't see. And so that's how they did that. And because I was looking, I said to everybody, here, we'll watch the scene for a minute. Because that, 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 that's exactly how, how, once you know it, you can see it. Oh, okay. But you have, because I, I used to always go, how, how did they do, is this I CGI? Was, yeah, I, I thought it was CGI. I thought it was green screen. It's nice for a little bit of like legit movie magic. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to just put it happy. into a computer. Because mm. this had a lot of that into it. So, yeah. Um, and he just says, don't, uh, basically he says, it's kind of like playing operation, which was great. Yeah. And she says to him, it's going to be okay. Yes. Which oh. you, you see, I didn't pick up on this one. You did. So where did you remember that oh. from? There oh. we are. Ethan's having a very real reaction. Yeah. Right now. End but, game. But yeah. End game. The very end. That's what she says to yeah. him right before he's going, he's, he's getting ready to die. But you oh. know what I mean? Yeah. Still amuse me. Oh, good. So we can talk Endgame spoilers as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to make my final of this very easy. <laughs> well, f- we can sort of talk about it in vague terms. We don't have to get beat for yeah. beat on it, but yeah. Going oh, back no. to Colston, though. Uh, Agent Colston. Is that his name? Colson. Colson. Yeah. He uh, didn't die in one movie and then brought back. Yeah. Is that right? Was so it, we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we will be dealing with that film, so that's okay. And back to yeah. our regularly scheduled Iron Man. Well, I just I was confused by it because I remember watching Agents of Shield and they yeah. mentioned something about him dying and I haven't seen the yeah. hadn't they seen sort the of write themselves out of it, yeah. yeah. So going back they to what you were it. saying about yeah. he was only supposed to be a small part. Well, he's supposed to be. Yeah, do yeah. you think that was because of that? And then they 
No, no, no. He was just going to be like random agent, and they would have had someone else play the agent in the next. Like, it didn't have to be oh, the same okay. guy because the yeah. the big guy is going to be. Well, he's going to show up in the post credit scene. That, that's the big guy. Oh, okay. You didn't have to have him, and you didn't have to have uh, eventually Kobe Smulders. No, no, no. Okay. You didn't have to have her either. I love Kobe Smulders. She's great. Um, <laughs> he doesn't exactly. Uh, so Tony, and then so we have a scene. I only put this in there because Tony makes a transphobic joke. Does he? He goes to the military base and he says, "Rody," and Rody's talking to some of his he like does. younger he does. guys. He goes, oh, "Tell him yeah. about the mistake you made. Come on, Spring Break '87. Oh, Come on, God. there's this hot girl. You took her home. What was his name?" What was his, he goes, I was like, he goes, "Don't, don't, because yeah. they will believe this. They will believe this." <laughs> and it was like, it was like, oh, very two thousands. Yeah, it wouldn't fly now. You wouldn't do it today. No, no. But I was just like, oh. It's amazing. Twelve years. Yeah. Can we just mm. skip back to the bit with Pepper Potts and the hand in the chest thing? Yeah. Because I'm watching it, and then as soon as she leaves, he then gets—I think he calls it Butterfingers, the machine—to move something really, really <laughs> intricate. And you go, "Hang on a second, then. If Butterfingers is that precise, why on earth didn't he just get the machine to fish thing th- this thing out of his chest? Did he just want Pepper to do it, or is there I some? Think, there's a little. Bit I of... think he's wanting a moment. Because so, why else yeah. would they put that bit with no, you're right. butter he, fingers exactly. after right. that? No, no, it's 100% yeah. for that reason. You think he surrounds himself with robots. Yeah. And that his And friends, yes men. And yes people, yeah. yeah. And Pepper Potts the only one who really sort of stands up to him and tells she him She sees him at his worst. She sees him at his best. Yeah. Hopefully now at his best. And I think he's trying to give her a moment to realize I'm changing. Yeah. Isn't yeah, this also the scene where he says, I don't have anybody else? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so then Tony begins to make the Iron Man suit. Uh, and we cross-cut this with the Ten Rings who are starting to salvage the original suit mm. out in the desert. And we get a video diary of Tony's attempts, including some great bits where like, he starts it and he like, like, flies backwards and hits the wall. <laughs> he starts ruining stuff. And... Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was a mix of practical and yes, green that, screen that's as well. Definitely which green screen. Yeah, yeah. re- no, but it makes me happy that at least it was practically yep. done because the stuntman did fly and, into a wall for it. And <laughs> the fact that you did... Um, like like a home movie camera instead. I think it yeah. hides that yeah. a lot better than you did. Yeah. And so Obadiah is back. He's upstairs. He's brought pizza and he is playing when they go upstairs a piece by Salieri. Mm. Salieri, of course, is the rival to Mozart. Oh, that's yes. incredibly and, and, try, and tries to overthrow him mm. because he can't handle the fact that his genius will never match up. Yes. And as a result, he's just going to try and get him out of the picture. And if I'm the last one left, then at least you'll have to listen to me, literally. It's That's so really clever. clever. It is really it clever. And he even invites him down to, yeah. to see, doesn't yeah. he? And he's like, no. no. <laughs> uh, Tony's been frozen out of the meeting. Um, Obi tries to say, we'll, we'll fix this. We can do this. Frozen o- out. Yep. Obi wants the arc reactor. Tony says, no, it stays This stays with, with me. Mm. At which point, Obadiah staying says, well, this pizza stays with me. He says, you can have a slice, but I'm taking the rest home. Mm-hmm. Which is brilliant because if you're starting to have your spidey sense go yeah. off about Obadiah Stane, that throws you off the scent. Because it's a joke. Yeah. This yes, is where yeah, you yeah. either have him go way too serious or he'd reveal himself. Yeah. But this is mm. very friend. This is still very much his father and son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get more flying attempts. And then finally he goes, Yeah, I can fly. And he also <laughs> destroys like all of his. All of his cars. cars. <laughs> I'd be distraught. And then we start getting a bit more of Jarvis. And Jarvis is voiced by Paul Bettany. Uh, he, Paul oh, Bettany. yes. I love Jarvis. Have you seen um, a, Knight's, a Knight's Tale? Yes. He's the guy who plays Jeffrey Chaucer. The announcer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's excellent. He's, he's also in um, he's, Da Vinci Code. Isn't he's he? n- yeah. Beautiful oh. Mind. 
He's in yes. uh, Solo, a Star Wars oh, story he is in, as well. He's in Da Vinci Code. Well he done. In, yeah. Oh, was he in that too? Yeah, he's like the the big bad guy. I did like, like him. Okay. Actor. I rate him like very the much. Gang leader. Okay. Yeah, that's. I didn't realize he was also him. in Wimbledon, which is dreadful. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I watched that that's uh, two two or three months ago. It's dreadful. It is dreadful, yes. but you know it's all right. Anyway, he has never seen the film, <laughs> hasn't he? He's unfamiliar with the plot. He said Jarvis was the easiest job ever. It was almost like a robbery because he only worked for two hours and got paid a lot of money and then went on vacation with his wife. <laughs> Good lad. And his wife would later do the oh, voice yeah. inside Spider-Man suit. Wow. Karen. Jennifer Connelly Jennifer plays Connelly. Karen, yeah. That was very cool. And they're married, which is just... That's perfect, you just like it? it. I think Kevin Feige's got to have an idea for just what is like... I love how they tie it. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Bettany got like the best deal for this because he does like voice roles for other. Then they're like, "We're gonna make you a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be on screen. Yeah, but they're also gonna make you sit like eight hours of makeup by the time it was over. So he kind of yeah. went from having the best gig to the worst gig. Yeah, but he has a TV show he, now. He does. Sure. I really need to watch that. Um, so Tony flies, and there's a lot of close-ups on faces, and this would be what the third act would be: a lot of close-ups on faces inside the suit, mm. and a lot of CGI, and then Icarus flies too close to the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. I wrote it. You almost got like an audible sigh from yeah. me for that one. Uh, and there's another musical attack. So he's going great, great, great. And then he freezes, and the music stops, and we just hear the sound of like the suit moving as he falls. But then that give you a little bit of insight into his psyche. He's only just starting to use the suit. He's getting to yeah. fly, and he's pushing it to the very, very limit. Yeah. You it's know? pretty much the same thing someone else will do with the suit later on. Yeah. yeah. But he is this guy. Like, how far can I push this? There's still yeah. calculations. Don't care. Yeah. He's a scientist first. Is he a scientist first, or is he just a daredevil first? Mechanic, I think. Oh, I don't know. He's, he's definitely a grease Mad monkey, man. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't uh, think he's mad, though. Tony doesn't quite stick the landing and destroys the roof of his house. <laughs> and there's a package, and I've just got written down in my notes, what's in the box? Get in the box! I want to know what's in um, the box. Because it ends up being that it's proof that Tony Stark has a heart. It's yeah. the old arc reactor. And Jarvis says, if you're planning on visiting other planets, could we associate this, this, or this? Now, at the time, you're just going, silly, Jarvis. Mm. Looking back now, you're like, damn. Yeah. Smart. Again, well I'm, tied in. I'm not a comic guy, so I I'm didn't not, really yeah. know. No, so I like, didn't. I'm not picking up any of these references. So, no. I, so for me, I needed this. I didn't need to know about planets. I needed to know this Iron Man movie was the right setup. But isn't me. it funny when you first watch it, you're not picking up on all this, no. and yet later on when you watch all the rest of them, yeah. you then throw now, back. Now, somewhere in the background around here, I'm just trying to figure out at what point do we see Captain America's shield because I didn't see it. I know, I know it's here. It's Iron Man Two. Yeah. You, oh, it's not until Iron Man. I'm sure it was there in Iron Man One, was it not? No, it's, no. it's Iron Man Two. It's oh, my bad. Phil's like, "What are you doing? Oh, he's, right, he's right. The prop. He doesn't it's even. He doesn't even. He doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. get that off that or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it wouldn't make sense because he hasn't met me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen for Hulk, and that's yeah, about yeah. it. Because they were going to have yeah. Hulk the beginning set in Antarctica, and that would be what emerges Steve because he like freaks out and he's like. Oh, Steve's here now, too, because Hulk had, like, a temper tantrum. Um, there is a little reference to post-traumatic stress disorder, which is interesting, because they would go down that road heavy in, mm. in number three. Yeah. And he says, the, we see the suit, and he goes, give it a little hot rot red. And I'm like, okay, finally. And then we go to the Disney concert. And Obadiah <laughs> Stain, you can tell he's the bad guy, because he's rocking a white scarf. <laughs> that looked great. And we get um, Stan Lee as Hugh Hefner. I love that. I and love Stan it. Lee called this his favorite cameo ever, and I've got in my notes, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, though, it credits him as Stan Lee as himself, though. It doesn't credit him as Hugh Hefner. Really, that is hilarious. <laughs> that is brilliant. 
uh, Phil Coulson wants to talk to Stark. And he's kind of sloughs him off because he, we get an introduction to Pepper with a booty shot. We do. It is a booty. And we see it through Tony's eyes. So we have, to, as the audience, and this mm. is, uh, there's, there's a theorist called Laura Mulvey who says that the, the camera always assumes the viewer is male and straight and puts the lens through the eyes of that. So we're all trained to sexualize the women in films. Oh, okay. It doesn't justify it, but it just sort of explains it as that. And so we look at that. We go, oh, she's attractive because Tony found her attractive because we saw this look. And we have this lingering shot on her backside and the open back of her dress. And then we pan up and see it's Pepper. And then we go, go, oh, it's Pepper. Yeah. Oh, she's... Oh, she got out of the house. Now, I wonder, is <laughs> I wonder, is this the nice thing that she bought herself, do you think? Yes. She, I, says, she says it is. Oh, that she said? Yeah. yeah, she says, this. you I, bought it for me for a present. Oh, I thought I'd been really clever. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you had like subconsciously heard it and then just I think clever. I think I just seen that Gwyneth Paltrow looked, looked stunning and she my, and, and my ears stopped working. Yeah. yeah, the same. Yeah. Mine did too. And there's a dance, and I've got here again, it's very Bond and Money Penny. Yes. At the point where they go outside and they get just close enough. And we said, why don't they kiss? I found that very um, awkward. You want to know why they don't kiss? No, I felt like the whole movie. No, because I I definitely want to talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, I do want to know why they don't kiss, but it's very awkward moving into it. It's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be awkward. But why do you think it is? Why why don't they kiss, do you think? Uh, RDJ had bad breath. (laughs) Okay, anybody have a natural reason that ties up a story about why Which they don't kiss? Martin on set that day. Oh, just for like, crying out loud. <laughs> I give up. He improv just beforehand and she was going to kiss him and then she he, got so annoyed he, that she... But she broke the yeah. line. That's what I'm saying. She moved in. She, she moves moves in. in. There's actually moving in and finishing it and actually making contact. But that was... Mm. When I say that was awkward... She definitely I don't, initiates. I don't she definitely mean, initiates. When I said it was awkward, I don't mean it was awkward in like... It was how it was happening is awkward in how they moved because but but then we get the speech that happened before right where she said I'm another one of those girls and why is she going there through her head because she wants to be another one of those girls or at least she wants to be that girl tonight in this moment she I wants know, to not the be Pepper Potts the thing is she moves first he yeah. moves in and then stops she moves and stops and then they move out I it's think just, he needs her to be the first one to do it but she did move but she also wants him to be the first one to do it but and he so, moved I know. What's the point? So why didn't they? But this is the problem with every first kiss. So why do they have such a problem? I've never had that problem with the first kiss. Because they had bad breath. As soon as one person moved, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any questions about uh, dating? Uh, (laughs) I'd say you could reach Liam, but you really can't. (laughs) No, you can't. Liam, can we have a chat? I could use some help with dating. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so return of the reporter. Because uh, off goes RDJ to get some drinks, and we have more weapons that were given to the Ten Rings yesterday. Uh, we find out uh, oh, Tony confronts Obi, and Obi says, yeah, I'm the one who did it, and I'm the one who locked you out, and basically, I'm the villain. Mm. Uh, and if you want, In case my name was wasn't a... obvious enough. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So Tony goes back to his house, and... Um, uh, he's watching the news and we know it's international news because you watch that for world news. And how do we know it's international world news? Cause there's a British accent on the, uh, <laughs> r- reporter. It's Nora and from how I met your mother. Is it really? Yeah. It's you Nora. have no idea how perfectly that's going to work with, with, with my next point, because I have at this point, <laughs> he decides he's going to be Barney Simpson and he suits up. 
<laughs> I, swear, I swear I've got that written down right here. He has. I swear I've typed it. That's funny. So uh, he goes and he saves the refugees, which means lots of things blow up. And there's a great bit where he blows up a tank. And before it even blows up, he turns around and walks away. Yeah. So we just see Iron Man in the foreground and the explosion in the background. Which I love that scene. Badass. We get a phone call. Because you think that's just going to, like, that's just a dud or something that didn't really affect anything? Yeah. When I first watched it, and then the second time I watched it. It's just it, that certainty of, yeah, I'm just here like, it comes. yeah, here it comes, yeah. We got a phone call from Rhodes because there's a dogfight. And uh, they're like, do you know anything about this? And he goes, no, 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 I don't. And then sure enough, like they're almost killing him, these two planes. Yeah. And he goes, it's me. And he goes, get your tech. He said, no, no, not my tech. It's me. Me, inside I'm the, one the who's yeah, shooting yeah. That. <laughs> and so, um And so he phones Rhodes back at one point to make this announcement. And it's the Iron Man cartoon theme song yeah, that's on his phone, which is quite cool. cute, except for like... You work for the highest branches of the U.S. military, and you've got this little, like, Nokia flip phone. That's the <laughs> yeah. best you could hope for? Lame. See, thing is, I'm now imagining that with Don Cheadle in that role, and it's so much better. Yes, he that would. Scene. Yes, it is. He'd it's probably make some, he'd make some Tony Stank joke. Yeah, um, it'd be good. Obadiah Stane. He'd be a bit awkward about it. He be would. Like, oh, oops, this is me. <laughs> Oh, but I stand goes to Afghanistan. We find out they're in cahoots. He takes the suit. He kills all the baddies with this. Like, it's like, in, like you know, the zappy thing from Men in Black? Mm. It's like it's yeah. evil brother who didn't apply itself and went down like a bad road. I thought it was something to affect their ears because he has his things in his ears. It affects it? the nervous system. I think it's a oh, pulse okay. and it enters your th- through the ears. Because of the way that sort of drained their blood and everything yeah. and blood come out of their ears and stuff. Yeah. I thought that's what was killing them, which no, is why it, I got it, confused. It just paralyzed whole... them 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. okay. And so after Convenient, he paralyzes it? the baddies, they, they kill all the baddies. Mm. Uh, Tony wants Pepper to break into the office. Pepper then decides to quit and says, you're going to kill yourself, Tony. Mm. And I was like, wow. And um, he goes, I'm alive. It's got to be for a reason. And this becomes oh, their oh. two kind of, in, in this movie and in the movies to come, these are the conflicts. Mm. He feels he owes the universe something, A, because of the weapons he created, and B, because Jensen saves his life. Yeah. And says basically, and how does Jensen save his life? By laying down his life to protect others yeah. for the greater good. Yeah. yeah. And so the greater fi- good. finally it works out. Uh, we find up at the Ten Rings. As she breaks in, we find a video, uh, which she hits a button that says translate, which oh, I need so one of these stupid. in my life. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Ten Rings didn't know it was Tony Stark. And then in comes Obadiah. And I mean, there's a little bit of a situation where misogyny saves her life in this scene. Mm. Because if it was like a male he servant, he, yeah. he'd have killed him. Okay, absolutely. In the moment. But yeah. he's just more interested in and flirting he, here. He just lets her go as well. He's going to help himself to the scotch, lets her go, and we get Agent Coulson, ex machina. Yeah. <laughs> and Stain has a tantrum with the scientists because they can't figure out how to make the arc reactor work. And he says, Tony did it in a Tony cave. Tony Stark built this in a cave. <laughs> yeah. And he with saves it. a bunch it. of scraps. I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but like, like the tie, when he starts the movement, he hits his own tie into his face. <laughs> and he doesn't break. He keeps it going, which is good. It was, it was, it was a good take. It's good. Uh, then Stains instantly at the house mm. and like does the men in black thing to... To Tony. To, yeah. Here come the men in black. And it's this great Dutch angle where it goes all tilted, and that means something's gone wrong. And he goes, do you think just because you have an idea, it belongs to you? And I think he's talking to the internet. <laughs> 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 because no one owns anything anymore, it feels like. No, no Disney does. He leaves him yeah. off to die, yes. And then uh, Tony crawls down, and he's about to give up. And then all I've got him called, is it called Butterfingers? I've just got Dog Robot with the assist. Dummy. Dummy? They're two different robots, yeah. Uh, And then they go off. He's going to go ahead and take on Stain. 
Um, Terrence Soward, uh, James Rhodes, sees the War Machine suit and says, next time, baby. And next time, James Rhodes will wear the suit. Won't be Terrence Soward wearing it. Nope. Um, Do you think he watched that back and he goes, damn it. (laughs) I think I read that he actually appreciates what Don Shadle did with it. Oh, okay. I think he's complimentary of Don Shadle. Oh, okay. But he's got nothing nice to say about RDJ or Kevin Feige. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Ironmonger, and this, the reveal of Ironmonger, because Pepper is down by the lab, and you just see the eyes light up. And then you get a shot from inside the suit, and it like raises up, like we are in the suit, and we Mm. see it raise up and then lock in on Pepper. And I'm like, I don't want to kill Pepper. No. (laughs) Cut cut the shot. (laughs) I'm the one who kills Pepper. And this is where we get that trope in Marvel films where the hero has to face a slightly better version of themselves. Yeah. So Iron Man's going to fight Iron Monger. Uh, Hulk is going to fight Demon Hulk. Ant-Man fights... Ant-Man. Ant-Man again. <laughs> Captain Thor Am- fights Hela. In Captain America 2, uh, Captain America fights... What was it? I had it earlier. Winter Soldier? Yeah, Winter Soldier. Thank you very much. So yeah, yeah. Super Serum I versus Winter Soldier. I haven't seen them once. Oh. In Endgame, and then, Captain America fights Captain America. And then Black... <laughs> yes. And then, and then Black Panther... It's like Tron. Black Panther Green fights Black Panther Blue or something like that. It's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Purple and gold. Yeah, that's right. And so it, it became a trope, but at least this was the first. And Obadiah's made some upgrades to his suit. And he starts flying the suit. And I'm going, we have to sit, Liam, because you commented, and I've always felt this way about yeah. this film. We had to sit through not one, but two montages of Tony Stark learning to f- fly with his suit in a smaller suit as well in a smaller suit and somehow obadiah stain who by everyone's admission is not nearly as smart no has not, figured out the math he's also not anywhere near as like physically capable no. like he's not as strong or as fit as rdj is we see that so yeah. it's so it's how on earth tempting. is he doing it the, the same thing will happen the same thing does happen in uh ant-man where he's like, Ant-Man has to do a whole montage and the villain figures it out instantly. It's the same yeah. problem and I'll rant about that. I, I, if you can just give me some time, because there wasn't a time jump. It wasn't the next day. It wasn't a week later. Give me some time where I can go, Obadiah went away and learned how to use this. Rather than basically doing the Matrix where he went, I know Kung Fu. Oh, and by the way, I also know how to use the Ironmonger suit now. Too. My other thing is, you know, he took this thing out of Stark. What is that thing called? The arc reactor. The arc reactor. He took it out of his chest, right? Yeah. Now, that plugged into his chest. Yes. Where did he plug it into? Well, the chest isn't powering. So Tony's using it to power his... So imagine it like, 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 like a plug, right? It's not getting power from Tony's part. It's giving power to Tony's heart, and at the same time, can plug into the... Okay, so he's got another thing inside him. So, yeah, he's not losing power to a heart. He can just put all the power into the suit. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Uh, and so... Uh, we have the big fight. Um, the same group who saw Iron Man flying in Afghanistan can see him flying in Malibu. I went, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> and they fly up, and then Tony just asks Obadiah, how do you solve the icing problem? He goes, what icing problem? And then musical attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we have this beam in the sky, because eventually what happens is they land on the top of Tony's lab or something like that. Very convenient. Pepper hits. We're just basically told there's this switch that will do something. In essence, that's what it says. Push the button. It's the magic button. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like the you can, magic red button. You can science it up. It's the magic button. Yeah, yeah. And so they hit the magic button and it knocks Tony just off to the side because he was just hanging. Because Obadiah was standing up, it like completely destroys him <laughs> and sends this blue beam of light like it's Independence Day into the sky. <laughs> I thought that. It reminds yeah. me of Wreck It Ralph. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's that thing where it's just, I think the first time I saw it was Independence Day. Same. It's a gender reveal. (laughs) (laughs) And originally, according to Jeff Bridges, Obadiah Stane was supposed to survive the final battle against Tony, and Tony was going to find the suit empty. And this would have allowed Stane to return for future movies. Obviously, they decided against that. I think they Mm. wanted to go with the, the big, big, the big sort of... I can understand why they got got rid of that. Because he's but, a businessman. Yeah. I, if yeah. if that was more, yeah. like, not revealed as the bad guy, but made whereas, to us not to him, whereas in I two, can understand. Whereas in 2 and 3, it's like legit comic book villain types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they Doctor strange it, like how they've done with Baron Mordo, and just at the end he's like, I can't do this anymore, Tony, goodbye. Yeah. And then at the end he's like, the Ten Rings, I got a proposition. Yep, that's fair. I'm glad um, they ended it the way they did. So then we uh, cut to the final press conference, and um, Coulson is briefing them and says, stick to a statement, and we find out that, of course, he is from S.H.I.E.L.D., in case you missed the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division from earlier. Yeah. You go, call S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're going, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D., which <laughs> meant nothing to me. I didn't know what S.H.I.E.L.D. was. Oh, I did, yeah. So just before the final press conference, Tony's reading the newspaper that reports on Iron Man. And the picture is actually part of a video that was shot by some onlookers hiding in a bush during initial filming. That's that made its way to the internet. And they would fine, we're going to use your picture. That's, That's so brilliant. cool. Did that, make, did that mean they had to pay those money to use the picture then? No, because they weren't supposed to be there. No. Okay. So you people think that you, you just because you internet. think of something, you own it. Well, not anymore. <laughs> uh, to avoid spoilers, all the extras who were news reporters were told it was a dream sequence. Oh. Uh, 400 extras were meant to be filming standing again but t- at, the, at the press conference, but Robert Downey Jr. suggested they ought to sit down. It would be more realistic and they'd be more comfortable. And the line, I am Iron Man, was ad-libbed by RDJ. I love that was great. <laughs> and so producer Kevin Feige saw it and approved it by four years in the final cut and credits it with the decision to get to do away with secret identities because the only person, the MCU, who has a secret identity is Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. That's it. And then we go ahead and we have a quick finish with Nick Fury, uh, where he tells us about the uh, Avengers. Yeah, you're not the uh, only one. Yeah, you're there not the are, only one that looks like you, the Avengers yeah. Initiative. Uh, the dialogue, they wrote about three pages of dialogue for it, and they just chose the best lines, which to be fair was like three lines. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I guess a sweet gig, but yeah, they didn't use much of your stuff. Uh, it was filmed with a skeleton crew to keep it a secret, but rumors made it to the internet only days later. And there's a different version of the post credit scene where he said, as if gamma accidents, radioactive bugs, and assorted mutants weren't enough, referencing Hulk, yeah. Spider-Man, and the X-Men. But you couldn't use that because Sony and 20th Century Fox own Spider-Man and the X-Men yeah. at this point, and you yeah. could not use uh, it. So that they still have is that, though? the film. Did they ever actually film that line? Yeah, they filmed it. Oh, it'd be cool to see yeah, that now, though. It'd be yeah. cool, but they still can't get uh, away with it fully because Spider-Man. Sony still has Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, they only loan to, him, don't they? You might be able to sort of talk your way through that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that is that. So, what do we think the critics gave Iron Man? Mm. Percentage-wise. Have you seen it? Okay. Yeah. Liam? I'd say 78%. 78%. Georgia? See, I was going to go for about eight, but then I was thinking if it's the first one, there's probably going to be quite a few people that were a bit more apprehensive about it, so it might have been a bit lower. Okay, so? Um, six and a half. Okay, 65%? Yeah. Okay. Ethan? I'm thinking 86. 94%. Wow, ah. that's good. Yes, yeah, so almost universal acclaim uh, held up very, very strongly. But let's have a couple questions from us. Is this the best Iron Man movie? Mm, yeah. 
Yes. No. I do. Oh. I think so, but I need to watch them all again. I like it because it's raw. I don't think I've seen two, and I remember being bored by three. So. Yeah, three is boring. Two weren't great. Great. Two's also Favreau. Two starts off strong, but they don't know what yeah, to do. They don't yeah, know what to do with what's his name. Um, uh, 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 the wrestler. The wrestler. The wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mickey Rourke. Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. <laughs> I want my board. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I, I like three the most, and when we do three, I'll get into why. You're but a like, giant Shane Black. For a personal thing for me, three has was, was always been like okay. my, my favorite. I do like the fact that Pepper Potts gets in a suit, but other than that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I think one. I, I think one. I, I think one's the best by a landslide. Yeah, yeah. And this became well. Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, favorite character. Well, obviously, Pots mine's Pepper. Pepper. Yeah. Pepper. Yeah. Pepper. Ethan. Yeah. I'm gonna go Coulson. Just he. Wow. He, for, like for his little screen time, he's just so charming. He is. He is. Okay. I agree. Uh, Georgia. I mean, I'm gonna be obvious and go Tony Stark. I mean, I really like him in this. It's his film, isn't it? No one else really yeah. shines quite as bright as RDJ. Literally. Liam, do you, <laughs> yeah. want to, do, you want, do you want to justify? Because we heard Ellie's perspective, I think, on Pepper Potts, but do you have any? I just think that it's so obvious to say Downey Jr. as if it's mirroring his life as such. Um, yeah. But Pepper Potts, for me, when the Paltrow is, she's the very strong character for him throughout and okay. echoes that later on. So for me, it's her. I'm going to be obvious. <laughs> I'm going to say Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. And I'm trying to remember what we were in reference to earlier. I should figure out. I said this on a recent podcast. I forget what character it was about. But you look at all the the, the relationships that Robert Downey Jr. has with other characters in this thing. So his relationship with Rhodey, a little bit something, but not bad. Mm, yeah, but mm. you know, Pepper Potts, I thought was really, really, really strong. Very obviously, strong. Very strong. even the relationship with that reporter who came back, even in the final yeah. scene, there was something there. Uh, he's got something with Jensen. That relationship with Jensen he builds it's up. It's a very good relationship. Like, it's just throughout. I'm just going, this is Coulson. This Obadiah. I mean, yeah. it, it, these things all have, and that's just a sign. And of when a, he finds out that Obadiah is the one who... The look on his the, face. It's shocked. Yeah. It's it's like you zapped him with that thing. Yeah. And so, um, honorable mention, I think, the Bridges, who's, who, who oh. brings it. Oh, yeah. Because um, at one point, after I realized that was Bridges, I yeah. then didn't start thinking that was Bridges. No. You know, and so I really, really, really think that RDJ, this was his moment. All your chips are in. Can you deliver? And it would have been really easy for him to try and play it as straight as he could, yeah, and tighten up and go. I just need to do something bankable. Just it's don't his, screw up. It's not his style. And it? he does the opposite. He tries something new. He goes. He he says, "I am Iron Man." For crying yeah. out loud, at the end, and changes in many ways. Like if he doesn't ad lib that, what does Endgame look but like? But do you think? Mm. Do you think though, at the very end of that movie, when he says that line, he's like. Look how far I've come. Yeah. I am Iron Man. But then look at that line then, showing up 12 years later yeah. as the final line of dialogue he ever says. Yeah. Amazing. He's amazing. So I'm going to go Tony Stark. Um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> favorite element, favorite moment. Let's start with George and go this way around. I, I was going to mention it earlier, but we uh, went over it. I really, really like the camera work in this film. I think there's some really lovely stuff, especially the moments where there's like the home the almost like home film thing there's bits in afghanistan when he's being blown up um where he looks where the camera work is all jaggedy and almost like handheld it looks amazing yeah um, and i think it really just adds to this film i think they could have gone like they could have played safe like they could have done with a lot of bits in this film but like you mentioned the dutch angle as well yeah. it's just done really well i think it was something that adds adds to it without 
being really in your face, but I really quite enjoy the little details of it. Okay. William? I have two favourite moments. One you'll understand <laughs> is Pepper Potts in that dress. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was that a Michelle Pfeiffer moment? Oh, that was a Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> moment. And I can still see that moment. And the other moment is when she looks at him and says what she repeats at the end of Endgame. Yeah. That was very nice callback for me. Not, not really even a callback. Well, like, a, 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 the setup. A prawl. The setup, if yeah. you will, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was really touching for me. I, that was, I like them too. Ellie? Um, I think my favourite bit is actually maybe a bit without Pepper in it. Um, I really like the bit when he first gets into like the prototype suit when he's in the cave. And okay, we've got yeah. the laptop scrolling across with a progress bar and... We know that Jensen has disappeared and we, we've got like this real suspense and then the laptop finishes and there's just this silence and then the whole perspective changes and you go to follow the, the bad guys instead yep. rather than Tony. You don't actually know quite what's happened or whether it's worked. I mean, obviously it's worked because it's a Superman film, but not Superman, a super, superhero film was what I meant to say. Yep. Um, so, you know, it has worked, but it's still, it builds up the suspense really well and I just think it's really well done. Good call. It's nice. Ethan. Uh, I'm going to harp off what George just said slightly. There's just some really nice camera zooms in that that, like, are just funny. Like, when they zoom in on the Stark logo and the bomb hits, I'm like, oh, no, that's just kind of, like, funny how it's done. But the the CGI is amazing for the year this came out. It's it's on par with how a lot of the CG in the Iron Man films later on look, and it's impressive that in 2008 it was able to look that nice. I wouldn't have dated it 2008. Like the CGI yeah. in this doesn't look like that. Just it's just the tech that gives it away. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Also, just while we're on the camera angles again, I mentioned it whilst we were watching. Um, there's a couple of like wipe changes <laughs> as well, and <laughs> yeah. Ian mentioned them and was kind of laughing at them. Went maybe that's kind of throwing the a com- little bit of heritage to its comic book. So it's the comic book aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. very in, much comic book aesthetic. In, in a film it? that very much tried to go into, into realism, it was it's a, nice. It's a touch. It was it's nice. nice. It's almost like a page nice changing in a comic yeah. book, isn't it? It was nice that's to see a, it. That's a clever idea, yeah. yeah. yeah nice. This is a side note. There's like that Eric Banner Hulk movie from like 2000 or something. And they, they literally change scenes with those comic book like changes. And it looks so bad and goofy. But the fact that they're kind of able to pull it off here is nice. Um, yeah. Uh, what about you then, Ian? For mine, yeah. I'm going to go for, I'm going to kind of pivot. Uh, I, 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 the camera was good. I'm going to go with the sound. It sounds yeah. great. Yeah. I really liked it. Mm. I thought the use of uh, score especially, although I kind of crapped on the theme. I don't think it's a great theme. But I think the use of score in the film overall was used very well. I got amped when I was supposed to feel amped. I got worried I was supposed to feel worried. Mm. And the use of musical attack for humor was used over and over and over and over yeah, again brilliant. without getting old. And that has to work in combination with cinematography and performance and lighting and all that sort of stuff. But the sound in the cave and everything felt uh, – you had a lot of diegetic sound and just the sound of things that were happening mm. and that hammering. And then, you know, the difference between that and what is the what is the office of a lab and these different situations and you had this whole soundscape develop. It is a lovely mix of diegetic and non-diegetic sound. And it's so really nice. I think if you take the cinematography that George and Ethan are talking about and the sound talking about, you kind of get, at least if you're going to go, John Favreau, why weren't you worried about the script? I'm kind of okay with this. Exactly. Because yeah. he kind of was the feel of the movie things. was good. Like he, he had people who he trusted in yeah. the other roles and go... Work with the dialogue. It's fine. Mm. I'm going to get this right. There weren't any moments in the film where I was like, God, that was really bad writing. I mean, there was some bad exposition. <laughs> but it's either that or I have to sit through like a hell of a long uh, origin story, which I didn't want to. Like, it is an origin story, but it wasn't the origin of Tony Stark. It was the origin of, of no, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. No. 
And I won't bore through it. No. It's really so, nice as well, because I think it kind of sets the precedent for the detail in the camera work and in the sound for the rest of the Marvel films. So I think if they don't put this effort into it this time round, yeah, you probably to. don't get all of that gorgeous scoring rest of it. and yeah. camera work that we see throughout yeah. the Marvel so series, just... or at least not as early on as we get it. So it's nice to see it start right from the beginning. This was the first one in the formula. I mean, so... And it had to work. It had to work. Mm. Are Marvel film cinema... Are they oh, art? You're bringing, or, you're bringing the Scorsese question. Are they uh, art or are they just a product? I they're both. I think they can be. Yeah. yeah. I think both. I think this is art. Yeah. I think I, maybe you see Scorsese talking about what it became. Mm. It well, depends it which now, film it is. It's this manufactured thing. But like, I am never going to look at Spider-Man: Homecoming. I really enjoy it, but I'm never going to look at it and go, "Oh yeah, that is that is like a masterpiece of cinema." It's a good film. But it's it's not like an artistic film. Let me introduce the, you the best film ever. Right? <laughs> Put those things on an equal pegging. Yeah, no, no, but but I I do hear you because we talked about it with speed. Yeah. yeah, and we said there's there's a limit to where this thing's got to bump its head. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I think to a degree we're seeing that here. I think there's some films, comic book movies that do. I mean, I think the, the Dark Knight. We kind of went <sighs> absolutely that kind of is more of a comic book movie. Yeah, is this it's more a of a comic book movie, Iron Man? I think it's a no. really good comic book movie. I think it walks the line, and I think it walks it really, really yeah. well. Mm. That final act yeah, is what brings it down yeah. to the film, as a film. I would agree. I, 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 I love the first act. Yeah. as like a piece of cinema. Second act, yeah. right. That third, um, that third that act, act kind of goes to, okay, it's, yeah. a com- it's a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah. What would yeah. the X-Men have done? <laughs> it's, it is a comic book movie, though, isn't it? I yeah. don't want... I don't necessarily want really, no, really artsy No, no, and that's fine, it. too. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. I like the mix of it, to be fair. It's a good, good mix. Um, how... Uh, little Grumble. Let's do Little Grumble first. Uh, let's go the other way around. Ethan, do you have one? Uh, it's like I said, just the, the third act. It's so annoyingly... I mean, we're used to it now, but even then, it's just... What do we need? We need a big villain fight. I hate how Obadiah Stane's voice modulator works. He's just so goofy and doesn't work. He's just too... He's too cartoonishly villainous. Well, as soon as he gets in the suit, it turns into... Yeah. I'm the voice, Tony. You're a Tony... <laughs> Why am I doing the arms? As well? I don't know, but you, you you sound like a character from Monsters Inc. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know, Mark. If someone gave um, the Hulk helium, Ellie, um, it really annoys me how he just destroys all of his stuff when he's testing the suit. So he like oh, smashes yeah. windows like and knocks things about, but realistically that's got to get fixed he's not going to fix it himself which means he has to like hire someone in to fix it which is a massive security breach he doesn't do that though he's employing people (laughs) but to go down where he's doing all that like secretive stuff is giving away secrets i didn't like Like, clearly he's got a problem with this in his company i really like it and the cars yeah the cars when he smashed them up the cars i was that's part of it that's what i mean i think the idea he's letting go of the material yeah yeah that defined him in the first i I get that he realizes there's greater good there's greater purposes when he's like still smashing the glass and that sort of thing that's very much still in character if he'd had that massive switch and wasn't doing that sort of thing it wouldn't be tony stark liam for me it was when obadiah yep uh, got into the suit and just mastered it straight away. Yeah. <laughs> that annoyed the ass off me. Yeah, it's always I was like, come on. Uh, Georgia. I mean, other than that one, because I think that's probably the biggest grumble about this whole film. Yeah. When Pepper Potts is reaching her hand inside this metal cavity that we've already been told, don't let the metal touch it. She's still wearing a ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean it's it's Obadiah figures out how to. Yeah, he he obviously saw a YouTube tutorial or two before he, <laughs> he went in. 
Uh, it was always a thing where I went, Tony's supposed to be like the smartest man on the planet, and we saw him struggle, and yet you're like, oh, I got this. Yeah. Y'all figure it out on the way. I mean, I don't, I, I, yeah. I would have loved. It's it's that or just the boring you work at my office villain. Yeah. It'd have been nice to see him do a little bit of trial and error. Yeah. You know? Uh, Sorry, I'm just going to keep moving us along. Um, How is Obadiah staying as a villain? That notwithstanding. I think, I, think he's, I think he's a great villain. I think he's really good. Yeah, yeah. he's good until the end. He is. But I mean, yeah. for the longest time, people said Obadiah Stane and Loki were the only two Marvel villains that you actually like bought I, into. I wouldn't rank those two together, honestly. Not that they were I a feel... tier to themselves. They were the only ones mm. who got a passing grade. And I think I'm going to go, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Are, the, are, the, are we saying like just, Phase one or in general? Well, no, because you have to go. Obadiah Stane's the first. We can't put him in a situation yeah. where he's not the first. He was the first yeah. one to do it. Therefore, he gets to be the originator, which gets him yeah. some 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 credit in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Sure, he has presence. He has a but lot has of presence, presence, and he's very menacing. And he's but and he's a villain who you totally believe in. There, like I'm like your dad at the yeah. start. Yeah. He's yeah. a proper ass, and you can see it the whole way yeah. through. Once you know, but mm. the beginning is so well done. It's good, and I love Jeff Bridges. Yeah. yeah. Um, is this anybody's best role ever? Oh, Danny I mean, Jr.'s done so many good things. It's got to be RDJ's best role ever. Isn't yeah, well, it? Iron Man in general, yes. Iron Man as a character. Yeah. Not, I mean, a, okay. We've got yeah. Iron Man. In, because, so not his performance. Well, this is the... St- oh, perfor- that's, a, that's a tough one. Because, that's the thing. Because you can't... Because here's the thing. What I just said about Obadiah Stane, you can't take Iron Man in Avengers Endgame and go, it only counts on this part because yeah, he's building yeah, yeah. on 12 years of storytelling. Yeah, 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 and there's beats he's hitting where he talks about, you know, all, the, the journey his character goes on. He's playing off of that. So I think you have to go Iron Man as a whole. So equally as a whole, yeah. just to judge him in this film, because we've all seen however many hours yeah. worth of RDJ yeah. as yeah. Tony Stark. But I do I, like him I, in I guess a lot I'm of asking, the movies. Is, is, is this his best work? Is, is, is Iron Man the best thing he does? As a, as a, as a body of work, yes. Mm. No one's going to like fight you on this and be like, oh yeah, Sherlock Holmes is his best piece heart of work. Heart and Souls. Um, I love Heart and Souls. Love the little film. But, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. No one's saying Doolittle, right? No. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Charlie Bartlett. <laughs> He's really good, good in Charlie He's Bartlett. Really He's really, really, really good. good. But there's a difference between lead actor and nice supporting bit. We were like, oh, he's out of jail. Yeah. I watched cool. that bit after Andrew Yelchin died, and I just got so sad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we're just time for the age game, the age game. Let's all play, Let's the, play age the age game. game. So if we can have numbers quick, though, yeah. if we can not sit quick, there and quick guys, be like, quick. Ah. just kind of run with it, we'll go <laughs> Liam, Georgia, me, Ethan. Okay, so Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to say 43. I was going to say 43. How weird. 43. I'm going to go 38. 39. He's 43. Yes, Liam. (laughs) All right, next up. Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I'm going to say 36. 37. 40. 38. Liam's on fire. She's 36. Ah. Wow. Jeff Bridges. Um, Jeff Bridges. 54. 63. 56. 57. No, well, no, 52. <laughs> you were close <laughs> the first time, Ethan. He's 59. Woo! So, what did you say? I said 54. 54. Oh, I'm there. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm there. And then finally, Terrence Howard. Oh, wow. Terrence Howard. The, uh, the man who Brody. would be War Machine. 38. 32. 40. Mm. 39. Yes. 
39. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'm about right. I had a very under... I think out of the four of us, I had the worst performance. I knew badly, but I still get hit. Me as right. usual, I start strong and finish badly. You got too bad. <laughs> you got too bad. <laughs> I was supposed to be incorrect, and then I changed my answer. Right. I, I so, think that's the most correct we've ever had, uh, Liam. I think when we do yeah. talk in the Mickey, we'll just rank them like we do a Disney film. Unfortunately, this has been the first Marvel film, so everybody's given it their number one this spot. This is our best Marvel <laughs> film so, so far. by yeah. uh, zero rank. But as far as best film ever goes, where we rank them out of 10, we have sort of a half point rule in, in, in effect mm-hmm. uh, where do you rank this out of 10 uh, let's start off with Ethan let's go around the table clockwise here I'm going 8.5 okay I'm going to give it an 8 an 8 okay and I'm going to give it a strong 8.5 same as Ethan okay 7.5. 7.5. See, I've been wrestling the whole time with is it an 8 or is it an 8.5? And there's no real consensus to sort of string me along one way <laughs> or the other. So I have to go. I'm going to go 8. Ooh. I really liked it. There's a lot I really liked about it. Mm. There's just there's a massive plot hole that I can't get my head around, yeah. which is the Obadiah Stain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel the link of Obadiah going to Afghanistan was just a little bit too on the nose of, oh, you're working with the bad guys. Yes, yeah. I. And I didn't think that scene did anything except for pad the runtime. It didn't need it. I think the video, you, you could have had his guys come in, bang, 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 yeah. and done. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really need to see, because he didn't even show me it. It all happened off screen. Mm. I, didn't see, I didn't see the Afghani bad guys, the, the, the rings of 10 or whatever it was no. die. So no. I'm going to go, jeez. I'm gonna go aches, and I think I need room to go with the, with the the uh, Marvel sort of franchise. As, this as, is as one of my favorites, though. I do really like it. I so, do. I just start off strong. Villains, I, I I gotta have a villain, and he's good. It's just it's that it's that stupid thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with an eight, and maybe I'll I'll chew my lip and go next week. I'll go. Oh, I really should have done something else, but I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna I stand by my eight and a half. Yeah. Oh, I I definitely have like emotional connections. This was one of the last films I saw in the cinema with my dad. Yeah, you you were and, saying that. Yeah. Yeah, he was like a massive nerd, and he was like, "I want to take Ethan to see this. I like comic books. I like Iron Man." And he's like really getting into it. He's like loving it. And we get to the is it, is it, scene. Is it that Gwyneth Paltrow shot? Yeah. And Nick Fury comes in. He's like, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. And his face lights up for the first time in like ever. And he's like, holy shit, Ethan, the Avengers, the Avengers. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but this sounds exciting. He spent the entire car ride home being like the Avengers of these guys and these guys, Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man. Cool. Now I'm interested. Ethan's just like, I want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I want to go to bed, please. And I'm getting like, okay, this is really cool. So then we see Incredible Hulk, and then the end credit scene of that happens, and it's building a building, gets super excited. He never gets to see any of the others. So Iron Man, the MCU for me, is that whole thing of remembering his legacy. I get to continue seeing all these films that he would have loved to see. So it's it's definitely nostalgia and emotion for me. Excellent. Nice. Well, a lot of... A lot of uh... It's weird. It's one of those things I think collectively as a society, if you're mm. pop culture literate sort of a thing, mm. I think we all kind of have not anywhere near of a degree that, 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 that Ethan has on a personal level, but we all have a bit of a collective experience to the MCU, I think. Uh, look, 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 look at the money the last one made. Yeah. Uh, it this... won't ever be repeated. I'm going to say that. Yeah. The this business it'll, it'll take it'll take something a 23 yeah. film saga that builds up to yeah, i no. know it's crazy isn't it? and even then it'll just be compared to to this like this this entire saga came out like during from what ages 8 to 19 for me 
this was like my fundamental development years. Like I grew up with this entire thing, my entire generation. Every time something came out, we would meme the shit out of it. There'd always be like five memes come out per Marvel film. Yeah. Next week, Georgia, it's your pick. It's been forever since we've had picks. It feels I know. Like. Can't wait. There was Amelie your last pick. It wasn't Amelie. There's no, something no. after that. There's one. She chose more. Princess Bride. She did. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yes, that would have been, been the last, last one. one. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. What are we watching now? Uh, so I'm I'm going off board. I'm using my wild card. Okay. Ooh. I'm really sad that I have to use my wild card because I don't think it deserves it. But I'm going for a film that stars Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, Gary Oldman. Okay. We are watching The Hitman's Bodyguard. I have oh. never seen this. Oh. I love this God. movie. Poor, poor I don't man. think I've seen it. Are people going to judge us for this? It's going to be like it's even got so, Penelope Cruz. So in you it, watch? It? Yeah. So, so it's so good. So you watch Iron Man. Princess Bride, all the things that we bragged about last week, and then Hitman's Body. I've Honestly, never seen it. No, I haven't. I nearly went Honestly, to see it in cinema and I didn't. I, I, think can't, it's probably, I couldn't stop laughing at this movie. Really? It's I, probably one of the most recent we've done. It's 2017 it I, came out. Okay. I, love, I love it. The Hitman's Bodyguard. It's so funny. It's There's so funny. one good scene. I just remember not liking it. Uh, well, you're not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I so, can't wait to see this again. With that in mind, please... Uh, yeah, in a couple of days on Talk of the Mickey, we are dropping our episode on Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, please join us next week when we talk about the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes. So thanks for joining us this week. And please join us next time when we gather together to discuss the Hitman's Bodyguard. For Best Film Ever and Talk of the Mickey, my name's Ian. I've been Georgia. And I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Ethan. And I hope that the basis of this review has taught you that above anything this episode is proof that we all have a heart we'll see you next time So, thank you for joining us today. Please join us next time when we talk to... Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and if you can get that. <laughs>